Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by Steven Jensen. A late start for us today. Steven Jensen has the shoot job going on. There's WWE financials call which is always a a fun time for me listening to old men talk about how much money they have. And that is why we are late today, but we are here. We have a lot to talk about Jensen, a lot to talk about. Yes. A lot going on in the world of wrestling. Excited to talk to you about it. I've been talking about so much non-wrestling stuff all day that I'm very happy to actually talk about some wrestling now. Um, And next week we're going to have to figure out when we'll be live, but you know, we and Jeremy are going to figure out that stuff. I do have the shoot job now. Um, there's a very specific time I have to take my breaks in, but me and Jeremy want to keep the show going. So it's just going to be a matter of like figuring out how to do it going forward. But like, I love doing the show just so y'all know. And it's something I definitely continue. I want to continue doing, but we just got to figure out the best way of keeping it going. So we'll figure out schedules. Jensen, I shoot jobs. I have shoot families, just busy people. We are, we can't, we can't talk about wrestling 24 seven, even though, you know, it'd be nice if everybody sends us a bunch of super chats and we get us a bunch of super chat money, then we can talk about wrestling. 24 seven. Then Jensen won't have to do his shoot jobs. He can just quit that. I I'll kick my family to the curb. I'll be like, get out of here. I got all this wrestling money. Now I'm a trillionaire. I don't, I don't need, need any type of family. Don't do that. Uh, but you know, send some super chats guys. That'll, that'll uh, go a long way supporting. So send some humper chats, humperchat.com. Appreciate the sport as always. JJ's here as always. JJ, it's like, it's like midnight over there for JJ still watching, still, still watching it. JJ says, tell your boss the spotlight is more important. He's talking to you because yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that, but I mean, I actually, I love the job. I just, you know, it just, it's frustrating that, you know, we couldn't, I don't know. There might be something I, there might be something I could do scheduling wise on only Thursdays to be able to make, I don't know. We just got to figure it out, but it's also like, I'm new to this company. Like I don't really have a whole lot of leverage as far as like, getting my way you know what i mean and they're paying me a lot of money to work at home i just have to work at home for very specific hours so it's like it's a great situation and a great job um but no one cares about that that's listening to this though let's talk talk about wrestling let's get into wrestling let's start with wwe let's start with our favorite topic here on the spotlight steven jensen 
your favorite wrestler, one of your best friends in wrestling, Cody Rhodes. Is that a Cody Rhodes figure? Oh, I see it. That Very is the nice. Chase variant, LJ and oh. Cody. I have the original also. You know, of course I do. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, this is the uh, this is the regular version of the LJN. And then this is the Chase version of the LJN. And I finally just got this Chase version yesterday. So it's been it's been a long time coming. Do you see what the difference is, Jeremy? It's the attire, it looks like. It's 100 percent the entire. Yep, the uh, the chase was got the the red, and you can only find these at Walmart. So that's the only place you can, you can get these. Anyways, it's wild though, like going out and finding Cody's you know Cody AEW stuff while he's in the WWE. Like that's still weird. And like, but it sounds like they're gonna keep pumping out Cody figures. Like there was a there's a Supreme coming out, which is like AEW's version of the Elites that Mattel makes for WWE. And uh, Cody said his. His his supreme still coming out and everything. It's like, it's wild. Like I, I I doubt he'll be in the video game, but like I guess he like there's a chance that maybe he he is. I don't know. It's 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 the point is it's very strange. I mean, it happens in the WWE fairly often. And guys like Adam Cole and Roger Strong release people. You yes, know, they release yes. people once a week. And I, I I accidentally said Roger Strong. We're talking about him today. <laughs> but yeah, what a, what a lot of their a lot of their talents have uh, Mattel figures come out after they've been released. Um, in our on AEW programming. So this is the first time we've really seen this happen the other way around where an AEW wrestler has merchandise out there that you can buy while he's in the WWE. So are they worth more? Like if you tried to sell that right now because Cody is in WWE, is that gonna is that gonna net you more money than it would have five months ago? I honestly don't know. Um it it depends on like so on these specific figures, um the this red one is probably fairly valuable in comparison to like a lot of the other figures just because it is not it, it's it's a chase version so it's harder to find there's just there's less of them um it's a walmart exclusive which makes it a little bit more difficult as well and then on top of that cody being in another company while it's being released out into stores because they might just do like a short run of some of this stuff too where like it's just not on the shelves as long because he's in the other company maybe so potentially now granted i have every every cody Rhodes aw figure that's come out there's like I'm, a thousand of them yeah that's all no, i made was cody figures i got, I got a lot of, i got a lot of cody and uh but the, the only ones i don't have are the are the uh like the they have like the, the really limited ones, the ones that are like chase, uh, you could call them chase or rare. Rare is even more hard to find, but the ones that have the, the gold sticker on them, um, those are very hard to come across and those are very valuable. Um, there's probably Cody, there's probably rare Cody figures from like the early lines that probably go for thousands right now. So that Cody, that first WWE figure, you're gonna be first in line for that. I know it when they, when they do the WWE figure again, you're gonna be first in line for it, Jensen. I hope so. I mean, the last Cody figure I got was actually because I never bought a Stardust one because, like, I didn't feel like wow. he liked being a part of that. So, like, I felt weird, like, buying. I bought a Stardust t-shirt and, and mask and stuff, but I bought most of that stuff after he quit the company because I was like, oh, Cody's out. Like, I'm going to get this stuff while I can. Um, but I never bought any Stardust figures. Although, like, if someone, if someone, like, gifted me one, I'd display it with my stuff for sure. And maybe I'll buy one at some point. But the most recent WWE one I have of his is him... Uh, with the brown bag and the clear mask, like the undashing character, which I, I really, really like that that figure a lot. Um, but it's funny because like Sean, Sean Rossat, Peter Fightful, he like he's like an investor when it comes to these things. Like he, I know like he bought the first few series 
and I'm pretty sure just like left him in the box and like put him in like a crate and just like out of sight, out of mind. And it's just like a long-term investment for him. Um, Cause when these, when these AW figures first started coming out, the first few series were really, really hard to get and really valuable, especially because the distribution was all screwed up because of COVID. So like they were just really hard to get. And series two in particular, I remember uh, our friend Doug from RVD Tito for life. Doug had series two when it came out, like the first pre-order set of them. And he paid probably about 150 bucks for the set and sold them for over $700. Like that's how in demand these, these figures. I, yeah. I remember when they first came out, like everybody wanted them. It was in, impossible to, to find them. So I believe they were, you know, as time goes, they will either still be very in demand or they will be like beanie babies where everybody has a thousand of these things and they're not worth $5. Yep. Guess you had a whole lot of Beanie Babies. I had a ton of Beanie <laughs> oh, Babies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My my mom was all about, like, my mom was one of those moms who would, like, stand around, like, you know, at the store waiting for, like, the store to open with all the other moms and, like, fight over, like, getting the, the Power Rangers and the Beanie Babies and the Ninja Turtles and all that stuff. So, yeah. We, we grew up in an era where... You know, it's cool that people are still collecting stuff, though. But 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 the the fear, of course, is things winding up being unvaluable. But then sometimes stuff like Pokemon cards have like a gigantic resurgence and become like ultra valuable again. But you have to wait decades and just hope that the thing that you collected becomes valuable. Otherwise, it's just worthless and you just had it for decades. You know, so yeah, there, there, there's a seesaw to all of it. But I have respect for, as even though I open most of my stuff, display most of my stuff, I can. I, I respect the investors like myself. I'll, I'll try to make myself sound. Um, That's very humble. I respect yeah. myself I respect for investing myself. in this. Um, I think you should respect me too. I've invested. I I've invested a lot in these things, and uh, yeah, they're all over the place. I, I'm working on a new backdrop, by the way, too. That should be coming in the next few weeks. I'm going to do some lights and have some action figures and autographs and stuff behind me. I'm going to switch it up in here a little bit. So my backdrop will just continue to be these curtains behind me. <laughs> I have my full yeah. desk here now. I've I've uh, moved in uh, with the fiance, so I've uh, got got my got my setup. See, I got a nice chair for once. Not sitting on very similar years. Uh, not sitting on a uh, vanity table anymore or vanity chair, vanity stool. All right, let's let's get into this WrestleMania backlash. Stephen Jensen, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. To WWE loves their 50-50 booking, right? They absolutely love the fifty-fifty booking. Cody's been on a roll since returning. He won at WrestleMania. He's won a couple of matches on Raw. Are you going to 50-50 Cody in this match, Jensen? I, I So I I cannot pick against Cody here. Like, I will not do it, but like they probably will just 50-50. I mean, that's really, really sad if they do because here's the thing, right? Like if he, if I think if he beats Seth again at WrestleMania Backlash, that he will be the one to beat Roman Reigns for the title. But if he loses to Seth here, it's just going to be a way longer process. And there's way more time for them to really screw this up, I think. And that that could potentially start with Rollins getting this win. And then it's like, oh, no. Like, is Cody just at that same level? Like, is Cody going to be at that next level where they where they have Roman at? Or is Cody going to be at that same level as Rollins and Owens and all these other guys who just get 50 50 in the upper mid card constantly? Like, and I really hope that doesn't happen to Cody. But... It probably will, but I'm, I'm like my prediction for the show is I think Cody beats Seth again. I think Seth Rollins wins, and I will explain why right now. I don't actually see it as 50-50ing him. I mean, I guess it is, but 
it's going to lead to a match at Hell in a Cell. I believe that is the the June pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell. I think it's going to lead there. I don't think Cody is going after the title just yet. They're setting up Drew as the next challenger. I don't know if they're going to be able to wait until the Cardiff uh, show or wherever the, the stadium show in the UK. I do think Drew is the SummerSlam opponent, though. I think they stretch Drew until SummerSlam. Drew loses a SummerSlam. They do the big rematch because the, the UK show is in September. So I think they do the big rematch at at the stadium show in the UK with Drew and Roman. Roman still probably beats him. But you can't have Cody win and then go on to the next challenger as like a throwaway thing at Hell in a Cell or anything like that. I think for Cody's story, for Cody's arc, he actually needs a loss. He needs to get beat down. A little bit because if he just comes in house fire beats everybody he should be getting title shot he's made it very clear his goal is the championship right you hold two wins over seth rollins who didn't technically lose to roman reigns in january you should get the next title shot they can always just be like ah fuck it we're not going to justify anything and give this man a title shot even though he has these two wins that's what they like to do but for the story purposes they love telling stories for story purposes a Cody loss and then another match against Seth Rollins to delay things a little bit and having Cody fight from underneath a little bit, I think is a better story than him just winning, dominating, going on to, to face Roman Reigns. Show a little vulnerability with, with Cody in this. Get another match out of these two. The feud has been very good. The WrestleMania match was great. I'm sure the match on Sunday will be great. If you do it in Hell in a Cell, that'll probably be a great match as well. So I think they're going to stretch this thing out and do a Hell in a Cell match. And for that to happen probably need a Cody loss because it doesn't make much sense to have Cody win and then do a hell in a cell match. Although they'll probably just do that anyway. Yeah. Especially if like Cody won at hell in a cell also, it's like just beats Rollins three pay-per-views in a row. Like, I mean, I don't think that they do that. Um, but Seth's booking has been so strange, right? I mean, like heading into WrestleMania, he was just like a giant loser who couldn't get on the card. And then yes. like, you know, it just, it's yeah. And I'll also say this, and this might be surprising, well, it won't be surprising for most people to hear, but I mean, not even Cody being on that show has, has gained enough interest for me to like get into it again. You know what I mean? Not even Cody can get me back into the damn thing. So it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I think that Cody's match with Seth was, was awesome at WrestleMania. I loved it. And if it can be even close to as good as that at WrestleMania backlash, I'm glad he can he Cody's there and he's having good matches. And I've always been a Seth fan too. I think Seth's fantastic in the ring. Um, but I like, I'm with you. The most likely scenario is that Seth would win here. And then they do another match at hell in a cell, unless, you know, unless Cody beats Seth here and like, it's Cody versus a completely different person at hell in a cell, like another, you know, like another top level kind of, and what's the status on Brock? Like what's, do you have any idea? No, I would assume he's back in some capacity for SummerSlam. I don't obviously don't know that. I have no idea. Brock is going to do what, what Brock wants to do. My guess is big stadium show, Nashville, SummerSlam. They find a way to get Brock Lesnar on that card. I think so too. Because kind of where my wheels are spinning with this is like, if you did Cody versus Brock at Hell in a Cell, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, there's also Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank's a stadium show as well. I think I'm I assume that's July. I'm pretty sure that's July. So that Brock probably on that show too. So they got yeah. I think Brock will be coming back in the next couple of months. Cause I, I think that like if 
if Cody's going to be the one to beat Roman, which like who knows if he is or not, I just think he would be a really, really good choice to do it. But if like if Cody's going to beat Roman, I think it would help big time if he beat Brock before he beat Roman. Like I think that would be huge for Cody. It would so, be. I don't know if Brock is going to come in and be taking this loss after losing uh, to to Roman. I mean, he lost a couple of times to Roman technically because he lost in the the Saudi show as well. He even lost to Lashley. I don't know if Brock is coming back to to take an L to Cody. I think Brock's coming back to uh, beat some people up. Probably, but I mean, like he really seems to be taking a different approach after seeing him on the McAfee show and stuff. I think at this time, at this point, I think he's just like cool with taking. I don't think he's going to go out there and lose to anybody, but. If they can, if he sees Cody in a certain, in a certain way, you know, if he respects him enough, um, I could see him being the kind of guy that Brock would actually be okay with putting over. But that's that's also we're, this is also once again assuming that these are the kind of plans that WWE has for Cody. Like, it's also very possible he just like loses to Seth the next two times they wrestle, and he's like just stuck in mid card hell for the next three years. I mean, who knows? You know, <laughs> I don't feel like they're gonna go that route with him that drastic, but. Yeah, anything they do would not really surprise me because it's WWE and they change their plans on a whim. Brock and the Codyverse would be just amazing content, especially this version of Brock Lesnar trying to decipher what the fuck Cody is talking about in some of these promos. It'd be fantastic. Well, and imagine Heyman, what he would say about Cody, I think would be fascinating because like he could talk all about how he started ECW and blah, 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 but he's still wound up right here in the same spot he's at in WWE. And like, like they, they can, I mean, I think Paul could cut some really interesting promos on Cody too. I think the, whenever they get around to Cody and Roman, it's going to be, it's going to be really good. I don't know when they're going to get around to it. I don't know if Cody's the guy to dethrone Roman. I don't know how that whole thing is going to work, but I think it would be a very, a very interesting feud. And I think the promos would be very good between those two, because we know Roman is going to kind of say what he wants. Heyman's definitely going to say what he wants. And Cody can pretty much say what he wants as well. So I think the promo battle between those three would be great whenever they get to it. Who knows? It, it could be as early as SummerSlam. It could be as late as SummerSlam next year. Uh, especially if they can get Brock for, for WrestleMania. Um, I, but I think Cody loses on Sunday. I think it would be a great another great match. I think Cody loses to extend this one more time to Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I, I definitely get the line of thinking, you know, but I'm everyone knows how biased I am. Like, I'm going to pick Cody on in, in every single match that he's in. He's in another person everyone likes to hate on, like Charlotte. This is probably the first time I'm going to pick against Charlotte on pay-per-view, like, ever. I just don't see her. I don't. I don't see Ronda Rousey signing off on saying "I quit" during a pro wrestling match. I just don't see that happening. But like Charlotte and Cody are kind of in the same boat for me, where I'm just like, "Oh, it's pay per view." Like I'm picking them. You know, like that's that's pretty much it. But oh, Ron, Ronda's Ronda's beaten Charlotte 100 yeah. percent on Sunday. 100 percent. Take it to the bank, everybody. Take it to the money in the bank. Ronda wins on Sunday. Your WWE Spotlight, Steven Jensen, Sean Ross Sapp, reported that Roderick Strong asked for his release. It was denied. He just signed last year. He's got multiple years on his contract. The, the storyline where he quit NXT and then came back, that was in somewhat reality in that he did sign a new deal at that time. You know, they don't really hand out one-year contracts. So he's asked for his release. It's been denied. Roddy, bless him. He's somehow survived all of these cuts. It seems like 
with the way they're cutting people, just last week they released Malcolm Bivens and, and Dakota Kai, who would you know, Dakota Kai seemed like she was headed to the main roster at one point. Malcolm Bivens has been part of Diamond Line. Roddy Strong leads Diamond Line. The the cuts last year with, with guys like Bobby Fish, obviously Kyle O'Reilly left, Adam Cole left. A lot of the NXT black and gold people were getting released last year. Roderick Strong was not part of that. Diamond Mine was doing pretty well. And then after they took away the Cruiserweight title and he lost to Carmelo Hayes, Roderick Strong was kind of lost in the shuffle. He went to NXT UK for a little bit. He's still part of the WWE. Whether or not he gets released at all, we don't know. But what what do you where are you at on Roderick Strong's release being denied? So I definitely have a lot of thoughts on it. I want to start off with a tweet that I saw that I'm going to read right now from Tre- uh, Trevor Dame from Twitter. Um, he got a really good Twitter account, in my opinion. People should definitely follow him. I think I think he's pretty funny, but he but he says a lot of stuff that's like true while also kind of being funny. But he. He said on the day that uh, the news came out about Roderick Strong, reported once again by Sean Ross Sapir at Fightful, said Roderick Strong is a textbook example of a w- of WWE basically telling a talent, we don't see enough in you to push you in any significant way, but we paradoxically see you as way too valuable to allow you to jump to the competition, which I think is very, very accurate. Like they don't see enough value in him to do anything with him, but they think he's too valuable to let go to another company. So it's like, so you're, admitting he's valuable you know what i mean but you're just yeah. too stubborn to do something with him so yeah so i want to start with that because i thought that was a clever tweet that uh that i fully agree with and that's that also goes uh, hand in hand with the recent uh comments ftr made about like does WWE want us back or they just not do they not want us just not to be in AEW? you know like and i think there's a lot of uh wrestlers currently under WWE contract that are in that boat where they're like you know, I don't want to like sit here and name names and like speculate, but I think there's quite a few people on that roster that WWE doesn't really see as figuring in as like biggest stars for them, but they see them as two biggest stars to like want them anywhere else. Um, the Roderick Strong and like the like Malcolm Bivens and Diamond Mine and all that stuff, like you know, Bivens I think is uh the best manager of like the last decade in wrestling. Yeah. Like I, I, I Stokely Hathaway I think is fantastic, and they massively dropped the ball with him. They waited like two years or something to like do anything on TV with him on NXT. Are you going to say something? Go ahead. Oh, they, yeah, they didn't do anything with him for two years. They had him managing. He managed almost at live events. He, he managed uh uh I think it was Veer like Veer and Shanky or. Whoever it was on, it was definitely. I'm pretty sure Shanky was uh, one. I don't. I don't know if the other one was Veer. Um, but they, he managed them for like a, a cup of coffee in NXT. He managed a bunch of people on live events before uh, go, going to NXT, and then he was off television. He finally got to Diamond Mine. Diamond Mine seemed like a, a strong act. They immediately cut it off because they released Hatcher Man and uh, Tyler Rust uh, immediately, like after they debuted. And then, you know, they added the Creed brothers. They added Ivy Nile, like good additions and everything. Roddy was still there. It's like, okay, you kind of picked it back up. But they, now they're releasing Bivens. And I don't know where Diamond Mine, and, you know, they're not releasing Roddy Strong. I don't know what Diamond Mine does at this point. It's probably still some sort of offshoot of Diamond Mine. But that was clearly a Triple H project. He he likes that MMA influence and everything. It was a Triple H project. They get cut off like a lot of the Triple H projects have been since last September. And that's what it is. They totally misused Bivens, though. I know there was talks of him doing something on like the, the social media side, the like that that side of things. Like they could have utilized him better there. 
as well. And they didn't. The digital content side, they could have done more with them there. They could do a, a lot more with a lot of people on the digital content side. And for some reason, they don't. Missed opportunity. I, I wish the best for Bivens. He's great. I think Dakota Kai is a slam dunk in AEW. As far as Roddy Strong goes, they they clearly don't see anything in him. No offense to Roderick Strong, who's great. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The wrestler ain't moving the needle for AEW. He's not moving the needle any more than Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk. He's not coming in and be like, oh, now they have everyone in Undisputed Era. This is the big thing that puts AEW over the top. Roddy Strong is just a very good wrestler. As part of that group, he is certainly enhanced, but nobody is really like moving the needle big time for AEW right now. They're, they've been growing. They're, I think they're going to continue to grow. There's not a surefire thing to where, unless John Cena shows up on their programming, they're not just going to all of a sudden hit like 1.5 million viewers or anything like that. Uh, so just let the man go if he wants out. You don't have any plans for him. You know that you know you're not gonna do anything with him. You know that he isn't as he's not any more valuable than like Adam Cole was, or any more valuable than Alistair Black when you released him or Andrade when you released him. Like, just let the man go. Let him be happy. Quit quit suppressing happiness, WWE. Did quite a few of the people you just mentioned though, like their contracts ran out, they didn't get released. No, Malachi was released. Uh, Adam Cole, yes. Danielson, yes. But I, I'm using the example right, of I, I, these yeah, guys yeah. left and they didn't like spike these huge ratings. I know CM Punk obviously drew the big rating for his debut, but then things just kind of leveled off and they're out where they're at. Um, but the, Malachi, Andrade, Andrade asked for his release, got it. Malachi was just released. 
like these guys were actually released. Right. Yeah. I, I know there's been a mixture of, of, of release being released and also letting contracts run up and stuff. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, I agree with you about uh, like, I don't think that, that like Roger strong is like a massive needle mover, like outside of the WWE, but I mean, there's a lot you can do with him in AEW and Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot, like, he's probably looking, well, here's the other thing, right? And we just gotta, I gotta keep it real. And and I, y'all know me at this point, like, I'm very, I was gonna say very pro wrestler, but like, <laughs> what I mean by that is, I get like, what you're saying. I, I, I take the side of the wrestlers or the promoters when it comes to most things. I'm more so a fan of, of wrestlers than I am of like individual promotions. And, you know, Roger Strong, like he knew what he was signing up for when he when he resigned this deal. Like I have to, I got to put some of it on these wrestlers that like keep signing with the WWE and expecting different. Like I, I get it too, though. Like Marina Shafir was was there when he resigned and she was let go. Yeah, Cole. Look, Cole. The all of undisputed era was there when he resigned. He could not foresee. Like they just did the breakup angle. I don't think he could have foreseen this big changeover that that ended up happening the nxt 2.0 yeah yeah. like when he resigned which was around this time last year and they had just done the undisputed era breakup it seemed like they had some type of plan for him with the the quitting and then resigning type thing the plan ended up being diamond mine which on paper looked good and then it was immediately cut off because it was at the time when nxt was uh shifting over with everything I don't put this on on Roderick Strong in this instance. Somebody like Bivin, somebody like Kai, this is why they didn't want to resign. Like they apparently they, they made overtures to try to resign them and they're like, no, like we're not gonna do it. And their town their contracts weren't up until apparently next year. And then they were just like, No, we're not gonna resign now. Like maybe, you know, at the end of the year we can talk again. Let's see what happens. And then they just got released. I agree with you, like in, in principle, that especially if you're on the main roster, uh if you're going to resign a deal, like you kind of understand what you're getting with, with resigning because they just, whatever happens on the main roster is going to happen on the main roster. When it comes to NXT, especially at this time, everyone loved that time period of NXT. All the wrestlers talk about how much they love that time period of NXT. So when, and as a fan, uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so when, when Roddy resigned, NXT was the black and gold NXT that all those guys loved and probably saw a future with. So, I, I'm not actually putting this on on uh, Roderick Strong. That's fair. You know the whole the whole NXT 2.0 shift, and also his wife losing her job probably doesn't help. Yeah, you know, like, um, yeah, you know the the thing about Diamond Mine for me, I'll be honest though, like because I I, th- I I like the presentation of Diamond Mine, and I I like I individually I like a lot of the pieces of Diamond Mine. Like I think Ivy Dial has a lot of potential. Talk about her on the weekend or a lot because she's on like level up and stuff pretty often. Um and she shows a lot of potential. Um you know the Creed brothers I think are a solid tag team for like the experience level that they're at. Like I think they do really well and stuff. But to me this is just probably just me but like Diamond Mine came off as a group of people who wanted to be MMA fighters that weren't MMA fighters. Like it was kind of strange seeing like people who have no MMA experience pretending to be MMA fighters. When like when you have people on your actual roster like who actually have had MMA careers and stuff. Like, but so the, the so for me it was almost like they were all miscast. Like I didn't understand why Malcolm Bivens like 
the best thing that could have ever happened for Malcolm Bivens and for Omos was would be them together on Raw. Like if yeah. you had Malcolm talking for him without size difference, it would have gotten everyone over involved. Like, and instead they had Malcolm Bivens, who once again has literally zero MMA experience in any way, shape, or form managing fake MMA fighters. Like it was like it just seemed like, like did, it was all miscast to me. The Creed brothers were college wrestlers. Um, at least the, the one was, I know. Um, you know, Roderick Strong, he's got kind of the, the MMA style background. When Marina was there, there she had, you know, yes. she, she was an MMA She's fighter. legitimate. I'll give her credit for sure. She actually had an MMA career. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Bivens, like, he was just the agent. You know, a lot of these agents in MMA, like, they aren't, you know, Jensen. Like, they weren't yeah, I get it. former MMA fighters. So I think the group had potential. It was just, it was a Triple H project that debuted shortly before triple h ended up you know being having his health issues and then not being around anymore so it just i don't know what that group could have became if the vision that was kind of originally there had been seen through i don't i don't want to put it's tough for me to judge any of those acts that were clearly debuted as part of black and gold vision and then were transitioned over to to the 2.0 vision and they did not fit whatever that vision was. Yeah. And that's totally fair. I'm, you know, in, in, in all honesty, like that is the more reasonable approach I think to take. I just want to throw some, some, you know, some stuff from the other side out there at you, you know, from, you know, cause once again, like it isn't, it isn't that I dislike diamond mine. It's that like, you could have used Malcolm Bivens, I think in like a way. Oh, hundred percent. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, Roger he Strong, should have been Malcolm Bivens should have been on the main roster a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Roger Strong. Like maybe not the main roster, just because like I think his size would have been like a real problem for him because of the decision makers for Ron SmackDown. But like we had we've seen him wrestle for so long. And like he's just now all of a sudden like this. I mean, he always had somewhat of an MMA style though. Like I, I get the connection, don't get me wrong, but like it's it's just one of those things where it almost seemed like it was deemed to fail. Like like they put it on TV immediately started releasing people from the original group, tried to like reform a different version of it. And everyone just kind of, like I said, it just kind of seemed like miscast. And, and I, and I think Roger strong is a fantastic, fantastic in ring wrestler. Like, and he has been for like two decades. I mean, the guys, he's never, there's never been a period of his career where like he was bad. It's always been like just really, really damn solid wrestling. Um, but unfortunately, he can't really be a really, really damn solid in-ring pro wrestler in the WWE system as it currently stands. You know, especially with all the changes in NXT 2.0, which, which once again, your your point about that is the one that oh, Robert R. Stephen Jensen hates MMA confirmed. Yeah, I hate it so much that I. What are you talking about, dude? I'm funny, <laughs> I love MMA. You can see my surrounded by MMA stuff. Um, but uh, oh, by the way, UFC 274 this weekend. I forgot that show was, yeah, I forgot that show was like on. And I heard when you and Mose mentioned it last week, they're like, oh, big UFC show. I was like, what is is this show? Is it actually that big? And I looked at the cards like, I actually recognize these people. These are fights that I want to tune in. Yeah, Shogun is fighting, which is insane to me. Uh, But yeah, Oliveira and um, facing Gaethje, right? Gaethje? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gaethje. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alvarez had been in the UFC for a while. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. Huge. But t- Tony Ferguson is on, on the card as well. Rose versus Michael on. Chandler. That's a really yeah, good fight. Like, that's yeah. a great fight. Yeah, that that's a great card. Rose Namajunas defending against um, Carla Esparza, and Esparza beat her the first time they fought years ago. So like it's yeah. a rematch, you know. Uh, but for the title, yeah, it's a, it's a really good show. There's a lot of good stuff going on this Saturday. I'll just throw out there real quick. Uh, UFC 274 Impacts Under Siege. I'll be doing the post show right here at Fightful on Saturday night, right after Impact. Um, it's going to be myself and Joel Pearl because it's normally myself and Nina Salcedo and she can't be there. So I called up Joel and said, hey, man, you free? And he said, I'm in. God. So I got I, Joel coming on with me. We're digging bottom of the barrel getting Joel Pearl there, Stephen Jensen. I think he does a really good job when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'll Fuck be honest. Joel Pearl. He's very good, in my opinion, of like leading the conversation and like moving it along and getting me match to match. Anyway, Steven Jensen's been muted for praising Joel Pearl because we can't. And yeah, you're not logged into the Fightful StreamYard, so you can't unmute yourself. So we're not praising any type of Joel Pearl here. Uh, We're not going to do that on this show. Anyway, Roderick Strong, uh, hopefully he gets his uh, release and he can find some happiness within uh, within elsewhere outside of WWE. Uh, AEW Spotlight Jensen, speaking of guys who this person actually is gone from the company not released contract expired couldn't come to to an agreement Stu grayson this is your uh your spotlight jensen so what are, you, what are your thoughts on Stu grayson leaving the company i'm unmuted now yes <laughs> you're unmuted now. um also klbk sold out this saturday as well iwtv use good fight talk um yeah i uh man i have real mixed feelings on the Stu grayson stuff um now this of course goes hand in hand with you know uh, Joey Janela, Marco Stunt, you know, those guys like not getting renewed, uh, Jack Evans. Um, the Stu Grayson thing bothers me a bit as a big AEW fan. And the reason is because, and, and by the way, same with Joey and Marco and, and, and Jack, and, you know, I'm not happy when everyone, when anyone like loses their job or doesn't get resigned and that kind of stuff. But like, Joey's going to be just fine. You know, like he's got great things going for him in GCW. Same with Marco. He'll be a staple in GCW again, going forward on the Indies and, um, you know, Jack Evans has been around for, I mean, the first time I saw Jack Evans wrestle had to have been like, almost like the late nineties. I mean, like doing insane dumb <laughs> shit off of the cages at, at ROH and everything. Yeah. The fact that that man is still going is kind of insane to me. Cause I remember him at the ROH shows just doing the dumbest shit possible. Yeah. He was but, the dude. Yeah. Like literally doing like double backflips off the of cages, like to not even into the ring, like to like the outside of the just ring. on concrete. Like there was nobody there. Yeah. Nobody's catching anybody back then. Like he's just going straight on concrete. Yes. So um, but the thing with Stu Grayson is I think he is going to be very successful outside of AEW. I really do. Cause he's a really, really good in-ring wrestler. And he just didn't get a chance to show it that much outside of the first, like, you know, handful of months of AEW's existence. Um, and then when the dark order really shifted kind of their gimmick, you know, after, you know, Brody passed and everything, silver and Reynolds kind of became like the main tag team and, and, Uno and Grayson kind of got left behind. It feels like, and, and if anything, Uno has been a bit more featured. Um, so Grayson just got really lost in the mix. And what bugs me about this is like, I should. There's a seesaw to all this, right? Like, I I want, I don't want this to get misconstrued, right? I I I want big stars in AEW like that can go in the ring. You know, I when they have an Adam Cole or a Brian Danielson or a CM Punk or so on and so forth available get them like i'm not sitting here saying like don't sign these people sign them one billion percent sign them 
but we're starting to see the other side of that now where it's like the AEW originals who put this company on their back when the company started somewhat of, you know, a lot of the almost kind of undesirables that were still available because people forget when AEW started, it consisted mainly of wrestlers that just that WWE didn't sign because WWE was going on those sprees of hiring hundreds of wrestlers at a time. Like anyone with any name value, they were they were throwing contracts out to, including the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who who opted not to go there and try to do something new. Um, and that's you know how AEW found it, of course, along with Cody and everything and, and Tony Khan. But my point is. There are guys like Stu Grayson, like Stu Grayson, I think could have been a major single star in AEW. I really do. I think he had all the tools. I think he has a great look. He's great in the ring. He's good on the microphone. Um, you could even have him with the manager. and I think it would do well. Um, you know, I, uh, but it's like, but he isn't, he, but he isn't a star to the level of these other guys that just mentioned. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a tough thing when you're AEW and you're negotiating contracts with people that aren't quite as valuable, like, all around like you can't so it, it's it's a tough spot for everybody to be in but i do feel really bad for guys like Stu grayson that like didn't do anything wrong worked their asses off the company they've made a lot a lot to the beginning of the company and uh but see here's the other side of it is that now we're gonna start seeing things and like i think that Stu grayson is going to call cody rhodes immediately and I think Stu Grayson has yeah. a chance. I think he, I think Stu Grayson has a chance to succeed in the WWE system because he, because he looks like a million bucks. He might wind up like a Tommaso Ciampa where they just don't know what the hell to do with him. But like, I think Stu Grayson could do well in the WWE system. And I think we're going to see more and more wrestlers, like people who don't stay in AEW, they have a direct line to get talks with the WWE now because Cody's the one who hired these people. Like Cody hired the original people with AEW when he was an EVP. So he has strong relationships with these people. So I, I think that Stu Grayson is going to wind up in WWE, if I'm being completely honest. I I mean, I think that Stu Grayson and Evil Uno were certainly a Young Bucks call over a Cody call. I You're spitting out some hot takes here, Steven Jensen. Stu Grayson, major single star in AEW. Now he's going to go to WWE and, and run. He's going to headline WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure you said that. He's going to dethrone Roman Reigns. <laughs> here, here's my, my take. I think Stu Grayson ends up back in WWE. Or in, in, in AEW. Yeah, I, I think they work something out. They come to some type of an agreement, and he's back in AEW. Um, it sounds like they, they wanted to keep him. It was just a thing that they couldn't work it out. I think eventually they, they do get it worked out. Janela, different story. It doesn't seem like both sides are super happy with that. Uh, kind of same thing with Marco Stunt. I don't really know where he fits. I understand he's part of Jurassic Express, but I don't really know where he he fit once they got Christian. So I understand um, that one. I think Stu Grayson ends up back in AEW back with dark order. I do think that it's not that dark order has been misused. I do think they could be used more like the stuff with hangman just kind of reached its conclusion. And then we haven't really heard anything from dark order after that. I know CM Punk's facing John Silver next week, and they'll probably thread some stuff together there. I do think they could, could have done a little bit more with the, the hangman dark order relationship on television. I'm sure there's some BTE skits that I missed, uh, but I do think they, they could have done more on television with that after hangman won the title outside of, Hey, Brian Danielson's just going to kill all your friends. And then hangman's just kind of like, ah, right, cool. I'm going to team with, luchasaurus and jungle boy now like sorry sorry guys sorry about that um i think i think grayson ends up back back in AEW. i think dark order just kind of continues 
I don't know what their future is as a group because they're just kind of on dark right now. Like they're not really on television. John Silver gets some TV time. If they're on TV, it's just sort of trios matches, but they don't really have a direction and they're certainly not linked to, to Hangman anymore like they were for the, the majority of last year. But I think Grayson's back in AEW. That, that's my hot take. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly hope that that happens. Like, you know, because once again, like he wasn't released. It was just a simple matter of, at least it sounds like it was just a simple matter of, you know, contract running out, renegotiating, and just not coming to terms. But that doesn't mean a, bur- a bridge has been burnt. For though, I hope he winds up back in AEW and back with uh, Evil Uno. Also, to your point, uh, they were absolutely Young Bucks hires. You know what I mean? Like more so than anyone else. They had the history in PWG and everything. Um, but um, but I also think that Cody probably has strong links to a lot of these people that were, I mean, AEW was a very small thing when it started, you know, they, there wasn't a whole lot of people announced for the company when the company started dark order was the first like major storyline the company did. And it went over terribly and they, they changed course, but like, it just kind of went from thinking, you know, Grayson and Grayson and Uno really seemed like guys that were going to be like really heavily featured tag team on the show. And they just got ultra lost in the mix. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think they're a fantastic tag team. I, I really like uh, the Dark Order as a tag team, but yeah, I hope I, in all honesty, I hope he winds up back in AEW personally, but I think he can succeed elsewhere. You know, I really do. I think, I think he's, I think he's very talented. I think he's very, very underrated, like for what, what he was able to show in AEW versus how good he really is. So Steven Jensen says, Stu Grayson, Roman Reigns will headline WrestleMania 39. That is what you heard right here on the spotlight all right everybody my aw spotlight is dark order not affiliate i guess anymore hangman page hangman page was back he missed last week with covid uh cm punk was out this week i guess making movies according to hangman and hangman said that we're not getting a masturbatory bret hart tribute match uh, at double or nothing he's gonna kick the shit out of cm punk he's gonna destroy him and he's gonna you know make all the cm punk fans cry he called out a cm punk fan in the crowd and he said you're gonna cry you're gonna you're gonna burn your CM Punk shirt. You're gonna cry uh, tears into your CM Punk shirt. But this is what Hangman's gonna do. Maybe showed a little bit of like, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? At the the end of the the promo, there it was certainly more a heelish promo than you would maybe expect from Hangman Page. I personally love this promo. I love that they are kind of going. Which way is he going with this type of thing? Um, because CM Punk is a babyface, but we've seen these babyface babyface feuds with punk with hangman danielson and hangman great example cm punk and eddie kingston great example so they've done stuff like this before and in these moments somebody has to play quote unquote play the heel right but they're not necessarily a heel they are just giving you your motive their motivation for this match and their feelings for this match and for hangman page he didn't give a fuck about having these classics he didn't give a fuck about doing these cool holds and ah does bret hart love my match is he gonna text me afterwards and tell me this was a great match he didn't give a fuck about any of that he's here to win right he's here to knock their head off that's what hangman page wants to do which is which is what you want i thought this promo ruled i if you want to say he was a heel fine i think he was just doing a great job of explaining his motivation I look forward to seeing Punk's response, which I assume comes next week. But what did you think of this promo, Steven Jensen? I really liked it as well. Really good stuff. Um, I think, honestly, they're just trying to get out ahead a little bit of what they're expecting to happen at the pay-per-view, which, in my opinion, is I think Punk's... I I think that Punk's going to be heavily, heavily cheered in comparison, and they're 
maybe playing the seeds, not necessarily for like a hangman heel turn, like a full on heel turn, but I think they're bracing themselves for hangman to get booed during that match. Because I'm not, you know, I, I, you can do babyface, babyface, and I think it works out great when AEW does it. Like I've, I've loved all the stuff that you just said, but if fans are kind of picking and choosing sides during that match, I could definitely, because when it comes down to it sometimes too, I mean, is something as little as like someone kicking out of a pinfall attempt or something and hearing like the crowd boo or cheer, like, you know, and, and I think, you know, when, when hangman kicks out of a move from pump, people are going to boo. Cause like people, I think, I think the, I think the fans want CM Punk to win that title. Um, the majority of the fans, I think Heyman has been a great champion. I think his, his, his rise to the title was fantastic. The feud with Kenny was fantastic. Um, I think the goal of making Heyman page, the AEW world champion was to have the first, you know, we knew of him outside the, of AEW, of course, with ring of honor and in new Japan and everything, but like to, for all intents and purposes, he's pretty much an AEW homegrown homegrown star because he was never in the WWE, and like they they pretty much made an AEW homegrown the same level of perception as the stars like Danielson, Punk, Omega, um, uh, Adam Cole. You know all these people with like really big name value in wrestling, and I think the goal has been achieved. Like Hangman Page is seen in the same light as all of the top wrestlers in the world. Like they, he is on that level, and, and so I think the mission has been accomplished. And now I think the next mission is getting the belt on CM Punk because of how just how over he is and all the possibilities, and also a whole other set of possibilities when he inevitably turns heel at some point. There, there's a lot you can do with CM Punk right now, and whoever beats CM Punk gets another massive rub. And I personally hope that person is mjf like i'd like to see punk beat hangman mjf beat punk to wrap up their feud because they can, this would be their trilogy fight and they can space it out to where people really want to see it again by the next time they do it and they can just continually use these big moments to also make new stars in the process so and once again hangman losing the title it doesn't really hurt him much if they keep him in the upper tier of the card like as long as his next thing is like something else big against another big name once again, the mission was accomplished. The fan base sees Hangman Page as a main eventer on the same level as the other really ultra-established main eventers. So um, now, if Hangman retained the title, I have no problem with that either, if I'm being honest. I think Hangman's been an awesome champion. Like, all of his title defenses, have been, has been, they've been great. Um, I, I love everything about what Hangman does. Um, but I did, I, like I said, I think they're just kind of somewhat bracing themselves for the for the idea that, that Hangman might get booed against Punk. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think Punk's going to win that match. I really do. I'm kind of on the, the side that Punk's going to win at double or nothing as well. Um, mainly his, like, you don't need CM Punk to go in Chicago as the champion to help sell out that building. It's already been sold out uh, from all the scalpers. So I he doesn't need to be the champion, but I think he probably will be the champion at double or nothing. I'm a little, if it goes full heel turn with Hangman Page, it might be a, like, to me, it's a little disappointing because his arc to win that title was so good right. um, to, to get it from Omega. And then, like, the feud with Danielson was great. The matches, the matches were great. He's had nothing but great matches as champion. Now he's facing essentially another baby face in CM Punk. Like, he's kind of, Danielson played the heel in, in their story. So that helped. CM Punk. Now it seems Hangman's playing playing the heel a little bit here. I think Hangman should have just been 
a bigger baby face coming out of that Omega thing because he's the one who conquered the great Kenny Omega in that. And that whole arc for him to just turn heel within six months, seven months, I don't know. I would have kept him as a baby face a little bit stronger or a little bit longer, a lot longer, honestly, than try to go into some type of heel run with him. We will see Punk. Uh, if They're in Long Island next week. Punk, famously during the MJF feud, kind of buried Long Island. I could 100% see CM Punk come out and getting booed by the Long Island crowd and him shitting on them and him kind of being the heel. And, and maybe Hangman is, is the babyface next week. They can play this a lot of different ways. Uh, Robert says it was false bravado. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. Like, when he got out of the ring, you kind of see, like, all right, did I really believe this? I don't know. Like, Hangman is very good at doing these these little things. He, he proved it during, during the Omega uh, feud. So we'll see where, where this goes with everything. I would not get yeah, punk facing long on made and John Silver as well. Like I would not go like a full born heel turn with hangman page, given how strongly and how invested people were in his babyface character six, seven months ago when, when he won the title from Omega. So that, yeah. that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I fully agree with all that. And like I said, I don't expect them to actually turn Hangman page heel. I'm just saying, I think it's possible he gets booed against CM Punk, but I do think that what you just said, I hadn't actually considered punk in long Island. He probably will cut some sort of promo that'll get him booed that night. Um, and here's the thing at the end of the day, even if you're two nice guys, good, good guys, you know, that people like, doesn't mean you can't trash talk someone you're about to be fighting. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to go out there and talk some smack. Like, I don't, have, I don't think that necessarily makes you a heel just to, like, talk bad about someone you want to physically beat up for a world championship. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what winds up happening. I think that there's way more money long-term in CM Punk being a heel, which, once again, that will happen. It's just a matter of, like, when will they do it? But, and also, I really think that you know, I think there was, there's a great story to be told that I don't think they can tell anymore because of like the real life issues that John Moxley had had. But like the story was, was a layup of CM Punk being straight edge and turning heel on the alcoholic hangman. You know what I mean? Like, and being like, y'all cheer this drunk. Like, you know what I mean? You cheer this drunk. Like you're going to cheer that guy. You know, and like he could have made a whole heel turn based on the guy you all look up to as the world champion is an alcoholic and you're all just like he is. And I'm better than you and, and you know it basically. And, and you know, I'm JF style. And it's like, you know, I, I think that that would have been a really good story, but I also think it's a little, it's maybe a bit too insensitive, like given like, you know, you don't kind of want to rub that in the face of like people when like you have people in the company that like actually have had issues with that, you know? So I, I you know, and I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know yeah. if they would go there in a story like that because of something like that, which I, I respect, you know, I'm, I'm just saying like, I, I think that there's, cause we've seen, we've seen CM Punk in our, in our long time of, of being wrestling fans. Like he'll CM Punk is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he he showed a little bit of that in the MJF feud and the, the Eddie Kingston feud. Um, they could certainly go that route. I don't know if they are going to to fully go that way. We shall see. They got they got a few more weeks to to build this thing up. I expect great promos from from CM Punk. He always delivers. And Hangman, like he's got fantastic fantastic promos throughout his time in AEW. So I have no doubt about him. It'll be it'll be a fun. Uh, war of words between these two in the in the coming weeks. Uh, SP3 is backstage, so usually 
you know, we have we have our creator spotlight on, and uh, we we talk to these people about and you know, what they're doing in the the wrestling landscape. We're probably going to talk for like another forty five minutes about our our spotlights and stuff. I don't want to make SB three sit here for forty five minutes, so we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to bring SB three on. He's going to be part of the the actual spotlight show as we talk about our other and our indie spotlight. I'm sure SB3, he watches just as much as, as Steven Jensen does. He's got plenty to say, I'm sure. No, Joel Pearl. Can, I'm going to put Joel Pearl in timeout for this suggestion. Put user in timeout. There we go. Joel Pearl's been blocked <laughs> for five minutes. There you go. That's what we do. Oh, uh, that's funny. SB, we're not going to make SB3 wait. SB3 is here. Hello, SB3. Hey. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? We got fancy graphics. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. look at that. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. Beauty. Beauty. <laughs> no, I, I, we're, we're, this is different equipment. You sound better. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank, thanks welcome. for that. Are you still in the UK? Have you kicked Alex McCarthy in the head? Have you punched him for me? I haven't seen Alex McCarthy just yet. I was in London the other day, but he couldn't meet up with me. It was his daughter's birthday. So he's a coward. Oh, that was his excuse. The, the truth is, I said that you were going to punch him if you saw him and he's like well i'm not gonna get punched so he just didn't want to meet up with you that's the real reason his, his daughter it wasn't her birthday he's lying you're thinking you're thinking long term here <laughs> i like it i like it but yes i appreciate you guys having me come on it's like past midnight here so i'm at like a a reasonable volume because my kids are asleep oh, i was wondering <laughs> what you sound like you're uh you're on like the the radio like smooth jazz station yes. right now like Ooh. yeah <laughs> Very sexy voice, sexy SP3. The S stands for sexy. Sexy P3. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I can't get riled up like me and uh, Jeremy on Friday <laughs> FMC when we're arguing about Jokic versus Embiid. Oh man, we'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. Uh, let's get into the the other spotlight here. And SP3, uh, mine is the Bullet Club birthday in in New Japan. So Bullet Club is like whole again in in new japan jay white returned they added juice robinson the good brothers were back uh they sell they celebrated their birthday taking out okada bullet club is back together it finally feels like bullet club club is fresh in new japan again after the pandemic era really hurt the momentum of that group and then jay white was gone for the the past year uh evil was a guest running the show which was god awful stuff uh but bullet club they feel rejuvenated now with jay white back i love this angle i love the where where this is gonna go i'm very interested to see where this is gonna go especially heading into forbidden door because they're you know jay white was on the aw show when they made the announcement it seems like you know undisputed bullet club era we're gonna we're gonna see with adam cole i think kenny omega is gonna play some role in this as well we'll see what happens but Bullet Club finally feels fresh again. What do you think, SB3? Oh, I absolutely loved every bit of this angle. I don't know if it just had to do with the fact that I was able to wake up at like 9 a.m. for a New Japan event because I'm in the UK and not 4 a.m. being in New York. So that made it a little bit better. But I did a whole thread about how this made sense because I had a I had a bunch of people telling me, oh, Juice and Bullet Club doesn't make sense. And I was like, these guys started off as young lions together in 2015 in the dojo, Jay White and Juice Robinson. They had their whole feud then they left japan together last year and then you could see the kind of 
the falling out and the fall from grace that Juice was having. And you can also see the chess pieces that Switchblade was putting together. The thread was so successful, Switchblade Jay White himself retweeted it and told everybody to read it. And then I was able to do an article about it on Russell Talk. And I am officially Bullet Club affiliated because I All asked right. him. Yes, I asked him. Cody Rhodes I'm... wouldn't too sweet you, but Jay White did. Well, hold on. We don't have the full story on this still. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Sandbagging us for a very long time about what he said to Cody before all this. But anyways, yeah. I I, I said you're a great and wonderful man, and he was like, "So one of you are not like the other." So I'm gonna two sweet everybody else except for this guy. This was before he became the civil rights activist that he is today. So to be fair, this was a couple of years back. But yes, I am officially Bullet Club affiliated. Jay White gave me the two sweet. I'm an honorary Bullet Club member. I've been to the Bullet Club block party. So now I'm very happy for the Bullet Club because, like you said, evil was just like the worst choice to kind of be the face of Bullet Club during the whole pandemic. Jay White is the leader, and he's probably the one of the best leaders that knew that uh, the Bullet Club has ever had because he always feels like he's the master strategist and he's always putting the chess pieces together. You know, where Kenny Omega kind of went on his own and made a subgroup with the Young Bucks that put themselves above everybody else in the Bullet Club. AJ Styles, it was more about AJ Styles elevating more than the group itself. And, you know, it's back to where it was with Prince Devitt, with Finn Balor. And Prince Devitt is the guy that was responsible for bringing Jay White into New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it feels like a very full circle moment. Nine years later, the Bullet Club revival is hot and New Japan Pro Wrestling feels like it has a lot of buzz once again. And I'm looking forward to Dominion because Switchblade Jay White's going to be a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion okay yeah I, I mean i definitely agree that like bull club is way more interesting right now than it has been in a long time like undoubtedly um some of the decisions have been a little strange like the whole like booting god out and everything like i was kind of surprised with like tonga tama tonga especially tama tonga like with him being like an og like legit og member and everything but I like what they've done with it. I really do. And and the fact that New Japan is getting buzz again is a really good thing for wrestling. For rest, for wrestlers, wrestling fans, for everybody involved. Like it's it's good that New Japan is back on the up and up right now. Um side note, I've never met one wrestling fan that likes evil. <laughs> like I like like legitimately. Like it's like it's it's probably the most agreed upon thing in all of wrestling. Like wrestling fans can can fight over everything else but when it comes to evil everyone's like yeah not really for me you know what i mean like uh, so i'm just gonna throw that out there too um robert r a, a guy who i don't think like either doesn't like me very much or like or likes pretending not to like me very much we agree on this um yeah house of torture is horrific i, I once again i haven't heard one person be like hell yeah house of torture like nobody's saying that you know what i mean so um so yeah, I mean, Bullet Club, because it's one of those things, right? I mean, what, nine-year anniversary is, is what we're talking about. And I, I'll be honest, a couple of years ago, I was like, they need to do something about like ending this because it's becoming like such a lame, watered-down version of what it was. But I think they've rebounded really well recently. And uh, the, also, the more they can get this involved with other companies too. Like I, I, I usually call Jay White the key to the forbidden door because like he just seems like the one guy who can really pop up anywhere at any time and him being affiliated with the bullet club of course makes it to where the bullet club could also kind of be anywhere anytime and also on top of this the last thing i'll say about it is i know in wwe like you know balor and uh 
AJ have started some sort of alliance, right? Or at least I saw pictures of them together on Twitter. And people are like, some people are like, oh, this is really cool. And But most people kind of like me are like, they waited way too long for something like this. Like the Bullet Club was super hot when AJ came in and you already had Balor and you already had, you know, the good brothers and you, you like you, you had it, like it was right there in your hand and you, it could have been huge. You might not have been able to call it Bullet Club, but you could have made it. I mean, I know they tried the club and, and whatever, but like it was right there and they fumbled that ball big time. And now it's like, too little, too late. Let me put it this way. The fact that I just don't even care about something like that anymore, that's a problem. <laughs> like, that's a real problem. I love the Bullet Club when those guys were involved. It was incredible. Um, But it is cool to see the uh, – it's cool to see where Bullet Club is, is is getting back to in New Japan with, like, what they're doing right now. So, yeah, it's it's good stuff. I 100%. I'm sorry, uh, but I was going to say I 100% agree with Jensen. Like the, the, it feels very hollow that WWE did it because they have failed to capitalize on this three different times. 2016, when AJ Styles turned heel and he associated with Gallows and Anderson, and they called them the club. Then they inconspicuously put them on different brands after the brand split. Then the Balor Club in early 2018. I don't even remember how that broke up. It just became Balor Clubs for everyone but not gallows and anderson because they went to smackdown and then they tried it again with the oc which more people were worried about singing california <laughs> than they were about that being a bullet club offshoot so i agree with you WWE didn't do it i i 100 believe that just aj and finn were in the ring together and were like hey let's do this i don't think WWE has any intention uh, of doing any type of club reunion, any type of bullet club offshoot in, in the company. I don't think that's happening at all. I think AJ and Finn saw each other, said, let's do a two suite. And that's all it is. And they're not going to, people have said that uh, it got removed from the YouTube video, which, you know, they're making a big deal out of that. I don't think there's any intention behind this. I would not read anything into this at all outside of, AJ and and Finn popping the boys over in Japan. That's it. They love a good pop. They just want to pop their friends in Japan. That's all this is. I, I don't think it's anything more. I'm excited for what actual Bullet Club is going to do in Japan and elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll add this too when it comes to WWE. The coolest Bullet Club related thing they ever did was whatever that pay-per-view was when like, I think like Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns both got like got sick the day of, and they had to like shuffle the card around. TLC, and, TLC, thank you. And and they did Balor versus AJ like just on a whim. And at the end of the match, they two sweeted each other, right. and like that was cool. Like that was awesome. But then they that, never did anything as cool as that ever again. That that is where I think that they just did the match. They had a great match, and then afterwards they were like, "Hey, let's two sweet." And then that's it. There was no intention of WWE to do anything with that. Just like, I don't think there's any intention for WWE to do anything with what happened on Monday. They're just popping themselves, guys. Come on now. Love to pop the boys like Sami Zayn. Just love a good pop. Well, I just that's brought it. it up because, you know, we were talking Bullet Club and I was like, hey, I can kind of like oh, work this into I'm just, it. So. <laughs> I'm letting you know, don't put stock into anything WWE does because they don't actually know what they're doing. They Sometimes, like, these wrestlers are just they're going out there and just trying to do stuff. I'm sure AJ's pitched it. I'm sure Finn's pitched it. And you see how far it's actually gotten with, with these two over the years. So I don't think I don't think anything's happening 
with that actual bullet club i'm excited anything house of torture leave that nonsense out anything evil leave that nonsense you can bring show bring show into the bullet club He's yeah great. but the leave evil and all these other guys out of it that knock that knock that shit off uh but i'm excited the bullet club is back jensen your other spotlight this week it took place on aew as mercedes martinez defeated Deanna Perrazzo to become the undisputed ROH women's champion. Jensen, what do you have to say about this match? And Mercedes Martinez now holding the undisputed ROH women's title. Really good match. I like Mercedes winning because like she can be someone who can defend the title consistently in Ring of Honor. And she's like a really good person to hold that belt right now. I, you know, I think it just makes a lot of sense. Um, it was really cool to see Deanna Perrazzo finally make an AEW debut because, I mean, she is top tier i mean like um and she's almost getting lost in the mix a little bit in impact now like you know because which it's it's almost it's like a double-edged sword because like impact i i say it a lot but i think impact has a like when you look at all of wwe they have the best collection of women like between all the brands that they have but like for one singular brand i think impact wrestling has the best women's roster and like deanna's been very like been at the top of that or near the top of that for years and it's super well deserved and i don't think she gets quite the recognition she deserves because it's happening in impact and people are just so seasonal almost when it comes to impact viewing people kind of tune in for the big four and pay-per-views and then like outside of that interest really roller coasters throughout the year um but diana has been consistently great ever since leaving the wwe um so I wanted to, it's all kind of collectively that is my spotlight. It's like, it was really cool to see Deanna finally make that walk down the entrance ramp in AEW and the fans responded and people seemed to like the match. And like, hopefully we see more of Deanna in AEW going forward because there's a lot of dream matches for her there. And then Mercedes, like if like, if Deanna's going to lose that Ring of Honor title, there's really nobody better that they can pick who is going to be a part of Ring of Honor going forward than Mercedes. So like, I think everything made sense. I like the finish. I like I liked everything about this. And I think that um Mercedes is gonna have a, a really good run with that title. So uh it, you know, because she won the interim title because, you know, of course, like Gianna couldn't defend it at at the time, but it's like things have just worked out really well in my opinion, how thing how things have wound up at, you know after last night. So um so yeah, that's that's the reason I wanted to bring it up today. How do you feel about it, SB3? I just wish that they would have done more to make it feel important. Like sure. if they would have showed that road to video with both ladies, like cutting promos because you had someone in Mercedes Martinez, like me, all three of us, we know Mercedes Martinez. She's a legend of women's wrestling. But when you look at her in just AEW, she de debuted in December and she's only had four matches on TV. And then you look at Deanna Parata, all of us also know her for a few years since her time, your ring of honor, co going to WWE, we then go into impact wrestling but in aew this is her debut so i wish they would have made more of like a big deal about this how big this was especially for diana i had the opportunity to interview her this week and i really was the one that kind of let her know how full circle this is because she was in the first woman of honor matchup in ring of honor in over a decade and that you know that went back to the times of when mercedes martinez was in there in the early days with sarah del rey daisy hayes
Ortiz, uh, Lacey, only the real ROH marks remember those names. And then a decade later, Deanna Parazzo and um, Mandy Leone had the first Woman of Honor match. And she pushed for the Woman of Honor championship to be a thing. Like she would call Joe Coff and tell him all the statistics about why women's wrestling need to be something. But she was never able to win that championship. And then earlier this year, she wins it. And it just feel and then it's right back in Baltimore, Baltimore, the kind of spiritual home of Ring of Honor, where she had that first matchup in over 10 years for ROH. So I wish they would have like bigged it up and made it more of a big deal. But I totally agree with you. It was a good match. These two ladies work well with each other, but I feel like they didn't get enough time and they didn't make it big enough of a deal to really make it like something that's going to be memorable for years to come. But I'm very happy for Deanna to be on that spotlight because she deserves it. And I hope that AEW uses her more. I it would be nice if AEW used her more. I don't know what her impact contract situation is, but it seems like she's she's there. And that was one of the look, you can only do as much as you can do with it. It was very obvious Mercedes was going to win last night. That hurt the match a little bit for me, is because I you just kind of knew who was winning that thing. I don't think they got enough time. I would have liked for them to get uh more time as well. I thought it was a good match. Very happy for Deanna, who's been fantastic uh in impact fantastic since her uh she was released by by wwe she she is a complete star um she's gotten like she's gotten much better in the ring she's gotten just much better her overall presentation and everything i would like to see her more on AEW television i don't think it's gonna happen i don't i don't know what her impact contract is but i i think she should get books by AEW, and you know if that means going to roh whatever their situation is by the time diana's free we shall see uh i'm very curious and interested to see just where the roh under the aew banner goes because obviously it's on television samoa joe's there jonathan gresham wrestled the one match but hasn't really been mentioned or featured or anything since um and now mercedes like she was an aew staple and in storylines before now she's the roh women's champion i imagine the belts will kind of keep being defended on aew television until whatever distribution deal gets worked out but last night definitely felt like a diana moment more than anything where people who if you follow diana and you know kind of her journey it, it felt like something special for her more than mercedes which i think one is a little unfortunate it's great for it's great for diana don't get me wrong but i do think it, it should have been a bigger deal for mercedes and yeah it should have just been a bigger deal overall but one of the problem is they didn't hype it up quite enough they should have shown that road too you're right sp3 and two a true heel uh heat which i assume is jj is an, that's romeo that's probably okay romeo romeo, romeo, romeo. sorry yes i apologize uh uh yeah romeo says baltimore did not give a damn about that match and look man diana the 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 fan base the crossover is there baltimore was the roh home but diana didn't really wrestle much in, in roh over the past few years they're in the baltimore era uh she was elsewhere mercedes same thing didn't really wrestle there in the baltimore era i imagine those fans knew who they were but there wasn't a whole lot going into the match it was just hey here's the here's the match for everybody it's for the uh undisputed women's championship that's what it was and people who've seen mercedes on AEW television they've mainly seen her lose uh and then if you haven't seen diana on AEW television. So I understand why maybe fan the fans were a little bit cold because it wasn't presented as a big a deal as it as it probably should have. It was a Deanna moment. It was great. I, I hope it leads to continuing big things for her 
we shall see where it goes with Mercedes in the ROH women's division and just where ROH goes in general. And, and to, to be fair, like, and I don't mean this as like a, uh, I don't mean this as like a dig or anything at anybody, but like, um, like I, like I, I get the, I get like if Baltimore wasn't that into it, like the live crowd, like I, I, I get that. But like me personally, like I, I really don't care when it comes to like anyone else's perception of, of this kind of stuff, because it's like, I get it all. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get the history. I thought it was a good match. And me as a fan, but yeah, I thought it was great. Steven like, Jensen hates all of you is what no, he's trying well, to say. He does not no. care what your opinion is. <laughs> only cares about what his opinion is and his taste. My, my point is that other people's opinions aren't going to sway my opinion of something that I like. That's fair. I think honestly, most people should, should be like that is just whatever you like and believe and whatever pops you and whatever you enjoy. Great. Don't listen to the majority, but we have a fucking Degrassi show. Okay. Like you think (laughs) I care what people think about me when the arena is kind of silent for, for this match like that tells the viewing audience and, and even people at the arena, a certain thing. Um, it, maybe it was bad positioning on the card. Maybe they didn't do a good enough job hyping it. Maybe the casual fan didn't care or anything like that. It, they, the women were put in a tough spot, but I thought they made the the most of it with what they what they ended up doing. Steven Jensen still hates all of you. Every single one of you listening to this. Y'all know what I mean, though. It's just one of those things like, you know, if you don't, and that's another thing about AEW just in general. Like, when people complain about, well, the casual audience isn't going to get it, or like, and the crowd didn't pop big enough for this, that, but I'm sitting at home loving the show. It's like, I don't really care if you didn't like it. Cause like, I, I, I got it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you know, this was for me. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, but yeah. Yeah, this is what it is. You know, <laughs> it is weird when you watch a show though, and like something really cool is going on, and like the crowd's not making a lot of noise. Like, I, I get the weirdness of, of that. You know, I get it. But um, just because the crowd wasn't making a lot of noise doesn't mean that I don't think it was like a really cool thing that they did last night. So I can't wait until, watch this transition, until Daniel Garcia comes out with the PWG world title, and Excalibur is marking out that Daniel Garcia is the PWG world champion and everybody is like what is what is a pwg and daniel garcia has to bury he should throw the title in the trash can because he's a sports entertainer and he doesn't give a fuck about this pwg championship that's what daniel garcia should do that's my indie spotlight daniel garcia winning the pwg uh championship look at that shit i'm a fucking professional everybody what a transition sb3 what do you think of what do you think of daniel garcia winning the pwg championship um, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do with it. Daniel Garcia is someone that I've I've been I was late to kind of discovering thanks to you know John Alba sending me oh, some of it. Some, some he, he takes claim for all. Oh, I told Sean Rossap about Daniel Garcia. I told SB3. I told I told the whole world. No one had ever heard of Daniel Garcia until John Alba apparently. Yes. John Alba, that great, that great, beautiful man. Um, he let me discover Daniel Garcia, saw his 60-minute Iron Man match with Wheelie Yuta. So I feel like in AEW, we really haven't seen the full potential of Daniel Garcia. So anytime he can get an opportunity in an independent promotion such as PWG to kind of showcase that, I can't wait to be able to watch Bandito. It's just too bad I have to wait like a whole year to see that. Six on, months. Uh, <laughs> Six 
months. All right. It's still, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Though. It's, it's unacceptable. Ridiculous. In this day and age in wrestling, it's there. PWG is leaving so much money on the table every time they have a show by, by having this, their business model. I, it's ridiculous. It I is. hope Garcia, I hope Garcia, everyone knows, like, especially the AEW audience, like they know Garcia is the champion and stuff, at least a certain spectrum of them. But like, I hope six months from now, is when he comes out with the title. He's like, did you see my match against Bandito last night? I finally won the PWG championship. That's what Garcia needs to do. Sports entertain the fuck out of this. It's like the 2011 ROH taping schedule. Remember when they first went to Sinclair <laughs> and they would have like, you know, Jay Lethal be El Generico for the TV title, but you didn't see it on TV for like three months. Like it's like that, but it's even more ridiculous because we're in 2022. Everybody's on Fight TV. Everybody's on IWTV. It's like PWG, you're one of the biggest independent promotions. Like you need to do something to get your stuff out there a little bit faster. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited what they're doing in uh, PWG. It always sounds like a great show. It's just very unfortunate that I have to wait so long to actually see it. And it's so hard to get a hold of these DVDs. I, I want to go back to the days when I used to go to a Ring of Honor event at the Hammerstein Ballroom and they had the PWG DVDs there they don't even do that anymore there's there's no more of that so you have to like go out of your way to find it on you know the internet find it or see a link for it on like uh, a leak uh like a streaming site it's just very weird how we don't condone are... that here by the way please please do not put that out there we don't hey. condone illegal streaming here on hey. fightful.com Hey, I mean, I don't, I don't either, but I do have links. But the streaming values of SP3 are not associated with the the streaming values of Fightful.com. Absolutely, make that clear. Make that clear. <laughs> but PWG, figure out a way to get me this PWG material out there in a faster way. But Daniel Garcia winning the PWG championship is exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it's just a bummer. Like we're saying that, like we just won't see it for so long i mean by the time that that happens the buzz around him doing it is just going to be non-existent which is unfortunate but like pwg has been a great company for you know for forever but and i mean people might not know this but i mean we do but like people might not pwg is basically laid the foundation of like what like pretty much all the major companies like the top stars all went through pwg at one point or another for the most part um you know, I'll also say this. I love that Daniel Garcia has been rocking these Kangle hats. Like, I think it's so funny. Like, because, dude, I love dude, that. He, back does, of, he gets he has a fighting yeah. stand. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I was always a big Kangle hat fan back in, like, the late 90s and stuff. Like, I, I thought that was – I love when, like, Triple H and, like, Michaels used to wear those and stuff. And, like, he's bringing it back, which I I, I appreciate that, that Daniel Garcia is bringing it back. Now, now, granted, they're doing it as a way to, like, heat him up like they're doing it to like so he looks kind of off you know because like you don't expect Daniel Garcia to dress like that because all we knew about him before that was just this like straightforward just ass kicking pro wrestler and now he's like trying to become an entertainer but it's good to see that on the indies though like he's still out there just having badass matches and he's been one of the best independent wrestlers in the world for you know a few years now and and to get the pwg pwg title is like that's a big stamp of approval it's a big a big uh moment of recognition and to beat bandito who is he's one of those those guys bandito like i always have thought, i've always thought he was very good right like i mean it's like he's un, undeniably like incredibly talented but 
when I saw him live for the first time, uh, like a handful of months ago, I was like, Oh no, this guy's incredible. Like I like it, like seeing him on TV doesn't do justice to like, when you see it up close and personal, the stuff he's doing, it is a lot bigger of a guy than you, than I thought he was like, he, you shredded, but like, yeah. Um, so Bandito being where he is at and like Garcia to get the win over him and Bandito have been the champ for a long time. And like this, 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 this was cool. So like, as a Daniel Garcia fan, I'm obviously very, very happy for him that he's won this championship. Um, but in today's day and age, man, it's just it's just ridiculous that we we're gonna have to wait so long to, to to actually see it happen. But you know, just is what it is. Happy for Daniel Garcia, but still a little salty on PWG that they haven't changed their uh, their whole distribution format. Daniel Garcia should still sports entertain this title just bring it out to AEW, and you know i i love what they're doing with daniel garcia and AEW and jericho that whole gimmick it's so good it's so yeah. good i i don't i, I don't know what that this wizard nickname is i think that's stupid but <laughs> i do i do love the jericho appreciation society i'm not i make no bones about it it's good stuff and garcia has been great in this role I love yeah. the signature the for eight weeks the the leading yes. force oh. in sports entertainment. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, see, the, the thing with Garcia is like everyone sees him as like the next Brian Danielson. That was always the comparison, and like Danielson, the knock on him was always, "Oh, can't cut a promo, can't cut a promo," and everything. And then he went to WWE, and he's like, "Oh, he can be involved in like goofy segments and do like promo and do like th- this fun stuff." And that's like what Garcia is doing now. He is the WWE version. He's Daniel Bryan. Right now, after being Dan, uh, Brian Danielson on the independent scene, he's proving he can be Daniel Bryan, and it's just going to make him a better all-around performer. So I absolutely love it. Um, he, should, he should sports entertainment title. I'm telling you. Yeah. PWG. I'll oh, go ahead, well, James. I was just going to say, I, I do still think that he will – he will eventually turn on these guys and like join up yeah. with like Danielson and those guys. But, but I think this will serve a really good purpose of like just getting fans who aren't familiar with him – more familiar by seeing them on TV more and then just, just developing a little bit more of like an overall character for him before he makes that big move. Cause like what was what they've done with Wheeler Yuta is really fascinating because with him, there was hardly any character progression at all. He just kind of went from like a guy who didn't make much sense to be part of best friends to just like a total badass, but it made perfect sense how they've done it. And like, that that video they showed like a short version of it last night but that video that went on twitter a few days ago of him regal uh, the whole blackpool combat club that video was awesome like that like when when you if someone wants to know like hey steven jensen okay who is this guy who talks about wrestling on on the internet or whatever what 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 kind of things would he like i will go i'll just point to that and be like that's the kind of wrestling fan i am give me this type of stuff as often as you can this rules um in wheeler yuda like it just makes perfect sense but we're gonna see i think a bit more progression with garcia first i think they were going to put garcia in this group initially but the word is that jericho like handpicked garcia and like you don't really say no to that you know it's like okay i'm jericho wants me and he's gonna make something out of me like i'm in you know what i mean so uh yeah i jericho handpicking him shows that like maybe he even kind of saw the the Daniel saying thing with Garcia and making him essentially Daniel Bryan and getting more out of him in that character. Garcia would have been great in Blackpool Combat Club. I do think Wheeler Yuta kind of needed it a little bit more, especially if this is the route that they've gone with uh with Daniel Garcia. 
Now, PWG might not have a streaming service, but Defy Wrestling is on Pluto TV now. They they debuted on Friday with Wild Ones. Jensen, this is your indie spotlight before Defy wasn't anywhere, I don't believe. Uh, and now they, they're on Pluto TV as of uh, with, uh, with, with Wild Ones. And, and Jensen, you know, thoughts on them landing on Pluto TV and then just overall thoughts on the show, if you'd like. Yeah, so <clears throat> them on Pluto TV, I think is awesome for a lot of reasons. Um, the main one is that Pluto TV is a great service. Like it really is. I, I obviously I'm not like paid like or endorse, like I'm not like endorsing you know this for any other reason that I like legitimately think it's a great service. It's totally free to use. They have like hundreds of channels. You can watch Degrassi for free on there. If you're into that kind of stuff, um, you know, Fridays on Fightful Overbook, taking this week off because of the new shoot job, but we'll be back on track next week. We're, we're getting stuff mixed and moved around and SP3's on the other side of the world. Like we're, we're getting stuff figured out, but we will continue to do the grassy news. Don't worry about that, y'all. And we're also going to be branching off into um, Nerds of the 90s. So we're going to, we're going to, we got stuff coming. Don't worry. For those of you who've been missing us for the last couple of weeks. That said, Pluto TV, there's a lot of great stuff on there. And this was one of the biggest takeaways I have about this. This is to our friends over at Fight TV. Um, so Fight TV has kind of become the destination. Them and IWTV, for the most part, are kind of the destination spots for like big independent wrestling shows. And Fight TV, unfortunately, is notorious for technical issues. And it doesn't even matter like what company it is. It's like every time you pay for these shows, you're like, like you're happy you bought the show because there's so much talent, but then like you're having to constantly reboot the thing and the audio is off and the, it just drops and everyone just has a bunch of technical issues with it. Pluto TV's first attempt at doing this nailed it. I didn't deal with any of those problems. Like the streaming was clear. It was like high def. There was, there was no issues at all for the entire thing. It was their first attempt at doing it. So I think that's a huge win for Pluto because I think other companies are going to look at this and be like, I mean, I could do fight. I can do IWTV. By the way, I'm a fan of these outlets, right? I, I'm a big fight TV guy. I'm a big IWTV guy. And IWTV doesn't have nearly the technical issues that fight does. And, you know, and they're overall probably a smaller platform. And, and when, when you see Pluto TV, just nail it the first try, it's like for some of these other companies, you might look at that and be like, let's see if we can work something out with Pluto. Because then after that, the distribution now on demand isn't through Pluto. I think it's like through their own website or something. I can't remember where the, the, on the VOD is gone now, but it's one of those things where if you can have your cake and eat it too, where like you're live on this free platform that works fantastically that a lot of people have already downloaded. So you might even find casual viewers that are just scrolling Pluto and go, Oh, the wrestling channel has live wrestling right now. Like check this out. I think this is just a huge win for independent wrestling because I think we're going to see more because for those of you who don't know, like there's a lot of pro wrestling, boxing, kickboxing and stuff on Pluto TV already. So now if they're going to incorporate live wrestling into this for companies like Defy, like in, independent promotions, this is a, uh, this is great. This is great stuff. And uh, I thought Defy knocked it out of the park, um, you know, and just really quickly as far as the show, because I, I definitely want your y'all's thoughts on this. I don't want to talk too much without, without hearing what y'all got to say, but like this was a this was a really good show and like it was headlined by John Moxley and Tom Lawler which is like an awesome matchup and the match itself completely delivered and like you had you know Nick Wayne on this show you had Dame versus Kevin Blackwood 
Um, Timothy Thatcher was on this show. I mean, there was a lot of really, really good talent on this show. Um, I, I think this was just a huge win for Defy Wrestling, a huge win for Pluto TV, and a huge fan for independent wrestling and independent wrestling fans. SP3? Yeah, like Defy has kind of taken the spot over, in my opinion, over PWG as the lead independent promotion on the West Coast because everybody wants to work with Defy. You had uh, Swerve Strickland versus Nick Wayne uh, at their last show. You got Moxley on this show who teases Brian Danielson wants to come out to Defy and they want to do a tag team match with the Blackpool Combat Club. And in Seattle, that's huge for Danielson. Like, that's huge. Exactly. I think the only thing that AEW is worrying about is having a show in Seattle first before he does that because they want that first Danielson match in that in that area to be with AEW. But I think Defy's doing some great stuff and especially the way they've been pushing Nick Wayne and he feels like they're their star on the rise. And you know, with his history, he's always got his family in the crowd. I love that type of stuff. And this is a show that's on my bucket list that I'm gonna watch. We got Pluto TV out here in the UK. So I'm going to go out of my way to check that out on the wrestling channel. So I think Defy is doing a lot of great stuff. They're really kind of revitalizing that West Coast area where, you know, they had great promotions. And like you said, all these major stars like Kevin Steen and El Generico come from like PWG and a lot of these West Coast promotions. So to see that Defy is kind of bringing that vibe back, I love what they're doing. And you made some great points about Pluto TV. PWG, this is like a message for you. Maybe you should call them as well. I I don't know if Pluto TV has done any other like live sports streaming based on my, I literally just tried like looking and researching right now. Uh, and based on what I've seen, it doesn't look like it. Maybe somebody in the chat, maybe, maybe they've watched a, a soccer game live on, on, on Pluto or something like that, but it doesn't seem like they've done any type of uh, live streaming before. So like Jensen said, the fact that they got through this stream live, like, no issues like it was clear i didn't get to i didn't get a chance to watch the whole show live uh but i did check in early on just to see kind of how it went and from the the early bits that i saw it, it ran smoothly jensen is saying the whole thing ran smoothly i did go back and i certainly would watch john moxley and tom waller which ruled everyone go go watch that match like if you like the john moxley blood sport type matches you will absolutely love this match if you like basically anything john moxley has done on the independent scene on during his independent run you will enjoy this match uh so everybody definitely go back and watch that but if pluto tv is serious about getting into like kind of live streaming sort of stuff this kind of like jensen said is a good start for them because they, they've proven they can do it. It held up well with Defy. There's plenty of wrestling promotions. They do air some wrestling. I was just looking like Beyond is airing right now on it. Uh, Impact airs on it. Um, Action airs on it as well. So like they they have some type of partnership with uh, with various they, companies. They, 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 have, they have a deal with IWTV as well, like okay. in general. Yeah. So companies might be looking at, okay, hey, why aren't we streaming on like Pluto TV if they're serious about being, being on it? You, you mentioned Fight. It's for some reason fight's been doing this forever and they still have these issues. New Japan, the the last show was a bunch of issues. New Japan just had to put out a statement last night of like, Hey, we promise everything is cool with capital collision, uh, improved services. And we we've overhauled our production and stuff. And if you have tech issues, refund, no question asked. Also, here's five credits. Like they, they are trying to make sure everything is good with this upcoming capital collision show. Like, I don't understand how fight still has like some of these issues and uh, you know, they're running bigger venues. The production might be 
maybe a little bit more expensive or the, the setup, the arena. I don't know, but they're certainly bigger venues. I imagine that leads to kind of more difficulties and everything like that. Regardless, it made a good first impression uh, for Pluto, Fortify. It could lead to other companies getting some type of deal. It'd be great if PWG went that route. I still don't know if they actually have interest in doing that, but they should maybe think about it because if not, Defy might kind of take over uh, their little West Coast spots a little bit if they can get this streaming and venture down more down to, to California uh, from Washington. We shall see. But good good start for Defy and Pluto, and hopefully there's more events and more promotions coming onto the channel. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and you know, I'll say this too. You know, I uh, I talked to someone at Fight TV um, after that New Japan show, like someone I know that's, that's with them, and I was like brutally honest about it. They might even be mad with me if, for all I know, if I'm being honest. But I, I told them, I was like, look, like I feel personally responsible for like some, like I, I hype some of this stuff up so much to, to get people to order it that I had people hitting me up and saying, dude, you made me spend, you, like you got me to spend 20 bucks on this show and I can't even watch it. And I'm like, yeah, it makes me feel great. Like I, I convinced you to order their show and now they're upset that they've ordered it. They feel like they've wasted their money. And I'm like, I'm not a unique case. There's a lot of people out there like me that are like promoting their stuff. And then like we have people coming at like I have people coming at me upset that I recommended watching this because like they, they're having so many problems ordering the damn stream or keeping the stream from 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 crashing. So I told someone I know at Fight TV about that. I was like, listen, like this doesn't just affect y'all. Like y'all are getting really negative publicity out of this on Twitter every time it happens. There's no way you could possibly be ignoring this. The whole show, there's more, it's really sad when there's more people complaining about streaming issues than talking about the incredible talent they're putting on these shows. And this is the kind of stuff I relayed. And uh, they weren't like rude or anything bad. They're like, yeah, man, we're trying to get it fixed. And I'm just kind of like, cool, that you know, that's good. This is kind of what I'm saying. But in my mind, I'm like, it's been going on forever though. Like, how's this possible? And it's every company. Like, it's one thing if it's like every now and then it's like the same company. But when it's like GCW and New Japan and like multiple different types of MMA shows and, and, and bare knuckle boxing and all these things. And a lot of these all have the same technical issues. I got to at some point stop blaming the promotion and be like, I think these are fight TV issues, not, not GCW issues or new Japan issues. You know what I mean? Like they got, they got to figure it out because they're the main distributor of these things. Like if you want to watch these things live, you have to order it from there. So they got to get it figured out because there's things like Pluto TV on the rise for free doing it better. We should start our own streaming service. Jensen will we'll, we'll stream all the wrestling. Somebody clip this and do Steven Jensen shoots on Fight TV. Get I don't it. want to get us in trouble either because, like, they do help out a lot as well. Like, I mean, Fight TV has been great to me historically. I'm just saying, like, I got to keep it real sometimes too when it comes to this stuff because when when the when the online discourse is more about streaming issues than the actual matches, that's a problem. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Again, when New Japan is putting out statements, like we promise things are good this time, guys, it, it's not good. And putting out statements of apologies after Windy City Riot, like. That ain't a good look for your streaming service, all right? New Japan is one of the, the biggest companies. They're the biggest company in Japan. They're, they have a good foothold in America. Like, it ain't good when they got to put out these statements regarding your streaming service. I mean, when, when you have to, when you're on the front end telling people, like, hey, like, and if it doesn't work, like, we'll give you, like, we already got a refund system set up for you. It's like, it's like trying to sell something and being like, well, you're probably not going to like it, but like, if you do, you get to keep your money. But if you don't, we'll give you your money back. So we're just desperate for you to, to watch this. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's kind of a weird look, right? Like to all to already kind of set the expectation of refunds before the show even happens. It's it's like selling an action figure and giving them super glue with it. Like it's <laughs> here's this great action figure. It's gonna fall apart. So here's some super glue just in case you need it. And the sad part is with Windy City Riot, it was a really good show. And a lot of people should be talking about John Moxley versus Will Ospreay outside of the finish being one of the best matches that they saw all year, but no one's really talking about that. Everybody's talking about the technical difficulties that they had. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And on the positive side, Pluto TV, which was the whole point of this, they killed it. And I can't wait till the next Defy show on Pluto. I hope it happens soon, and I will absolutely be watching. Uh, we have a humper chat from Ricardo the Buckeye who says, "Can't wait to see referee Thunder Rosa versus number one contender, the the coach Serena Deeb. Should be a great match. I did, wasn't feeling that uh that little promo segment between the two last night. Just I don't know, wasn't that great to me. But the match should rule. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb were two of the best in the world." in my opinion. So like, I, yeah, I'm all for the match, but you know, I don't really even care how we get there. If I'm being honest, like just, I just want to see the match. Oh, you're going to get that. The Serena Deeb's the, the number one contender. The rankings matter. Steven Jensen. They well, I mean, how we get there as far as like, if they're like cutting promos and there's any kind of story involved, I'm just saying like, I think that, uh, um, dude, this Robert guy just hates me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I think it's cause I react to it. Like he's the only one in here who's just like constantly like, yeah, whatever pisses Steven off, we'll just go ahead and uh, do that more. He's just um, poking you. He's just poking, poking you. He's poking me. It's kind of funny. It pops I know. that he's doing it. He's the only one in, in years and years of Twitter. I think he's the most consistent about trying to get under my skin. I mean, anyone gotta, I've ever seen in you comments. You've got to like ever. it. Like, you know, you have, you have an actual hater, Jensen. Or he's, he's doing a great job of, of being a bit as, as a hater, which is even better. If you're this committed to the bit, no. you know I love a good commitment Look. to the bit. That's listen, even better than being an actual hater. Listen, at the end of the day, I, I, you're, you're cool, and you're, you're cool with me. If you're, I mean, you're coming and you're watching the show. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate everyone who watches. And here's the thing: not everyone's gonna like me. Not everyone's gonna agree with my opinions. And I, and I understand that, and I accept that. Don't um, say that. Bury them. No, Fuck you know, Robert not- R. I don't come. I don't come to your chat. I don't. Come, how's your YouTube channel doing, Robert R? No, I appreciate him watching the show. Um, but you know, I also I'm not a big fan of hate watching things either. Like, I don't know if he's the same kind of guy who's breathing super heavy into his keyboard, all caps during Raw for three hours every Monday, but still watches it. So I don't know. I uh, again, if he's either very committed to the bit, which is tremendous, or you have a hater. Which if is he's fine. if he, if he's just committed to the bit, I have massive respect for that. Like, I actually have serious respect for it if, if 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 it's just a bit to pot if it's a bit to get under my skin he has he has it he has uh he has achieved <laughs> it great you point him out every single time you keep promoting him well i know i know but it's like because it's the one dude i'm just like everything is like <laughs> fuck jensen fuck jensen it's like uh, what am i doing like Gen- i'm my opinion on wrestling jensen jensen is the loved one on degrassi dudes i'm the one that tries to get under people's skin by hating on spinner and uh just going over the top with my criticism so jensen's not used to being the one that's the people are poking that's true but hey once again if you're watching i appreciate it on all honesty go ahead Uh, well i mean it's it's almost eight o'clock um for sp3 what time is it over there like two it's almost one okay you need to go to bed I'll, I'll go to bed. bed. I'll go to bed after we're done. 
Well, let's since usually the creator spotlight, we actually talk to you know how people got into this line of work and, and what they're working on and stuff. SP3, your respect means nothing to me. Fucking rules. Um, <laughs> uh, since, that's usually what we do on here. But since SP3 is on like a million channels on FIFA Overbooked or on a million shows on FIFA Overbooked, I think. Most people are familiar with his work, but we will still ask some questions about how you got into this line of work, SP3, because I'm actually curious about this. How did the young, sexy P3 get started in wrestling media? Uh, well, it started with the True Hill Heat podcast, which I started in 2017. Uh, it was me and a group of my friends. We used to go to a lot of like independent shows, WWE shows, ROH, all the independent shows. And we always used to kind of make people laugh just being in the crowd and being jerks because we used to cheer for all the heels back in like the 2014 2015 roh days or our stick we used to be that we would be the only people that would cheer for like christopher daniels and and frankie kazarian like that was what people just used to all these guys always cheer for the heels so that's how we came up with the true heels name and then we went to wrestlemania 33 uh out in orlando it was like a group of like nine of us that always would go to like different wrestling events and we just came up with the idea to kind of do our own uh podcast because we were like we watched like different channels you know all these wrestling fans that would make their own channels and we was like hey we want our voice to kind of be out there so the summer of 2017 we had our first true hill heat podcast it was only supposed to be something we did like once a month then it became like every other week and then it became weekly as we like got into the um pandemic but it was just doing the true hill heat podcast from like 2017 to like 2020 which was like my main thing that i would do besides doing like my shoot jobs and stuff and then the pandemic happened where i lost my job i had just got a promotion i was working at a hotel front desk i just became a front desk supervisor and then i had the pandemic happened and i lost my job and it was my lady who kind of motivated me like, oh, you should like hit contact all these wrestling places because she's in the business herself. I know a, a couple of people that follow me from channel to channel know she's a part of a very famous wrestling family. The She's the niece of Gorilla Monsoon. So she's in she's in 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 the know. And she was like, oh, why don't you, you know, go to different websites or ask people if they want someone to do like writing because you're good with writing. You're good with the podcast. So I contacted first. It was like sports kita and i started writing for them just doing like featured writing and then around that same time when i started doing that uh Luke Owen of Wrestle Talk was like, "Oh, we want to like content creators over on Wrestle Talk," and I contacted him. I showed him one of our YouTube channel videos, and it was just me, Top Guy JJ, and Miss Chrissy Dove acting orgasmically about the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling after the pandemic. And he was like, "Oh, you guys are hilarious! Come on the show." And that's how kind of like I got more into like the wrestling media world, where now you could say, "Yeah, I have a whole bunch of shows." It's a, it's a little too much where my wife is like yeah you need to stop some of these but i have too much fun doing it <laughs> yeah i never knew that you uh worked the front desk at a hotel before i was what i was like my first job out of college was actually at a at a big hotel working the front desk uh the nice. body when it was in orlando uh they have one in memphis as well and i think in little rock arkansas but it's like a four star four diamond hotel like with like thousands of people type thing and wow. we had to like wear a suit every day to work and the whole deal and it wasn't for me but i uh i know 
that 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 job can be a lot more difficult than people realize um in customer service but i think that's a really good job for people to have to uh to, to learn like the customer service side of things like just how to treat people and and whatnot um so yeah I, uh yeah I, I never knew that you did that but yeah i've i've, I've done front desk work as well um which yeah I've, I've got i've got experience with that too yeah that was something like i was doing a lot like i started off um well first kind of was like i was working for new york water taxi shout out to anyone who's from new york and ever took the new york water taxi i used to work over there and i used to sell tickets in like their booth and then i became like the first person to like become street team manager because i used to just stop people when they're coming to battery park in new york city like hey you want to get on this boat i don't care what you're doing get on this boat buy a ticket here, take it, get on there. And that's kind of started like my whole kind of doing that concierge type of work. And then I finally got into like the hotels and back in like 2016, and I worked for a concierge service where they were a part of like 40 different hotels. So one day I would be at like a Hilton. The next day I would be at like a Marriott and I would be like selling people, you know, tickets for tourist places. You know, they have a sex in the city tour in New York. They had some of the weirdest stuff that I was like, I'm not going to sell any of this but i had that kind of like talking ability to kind of just sell people on stuff and uh, you know doing this it kind of helped that as well so i was doing that for about two to three years and then i finally got like a permanent hotel spot and um working like down near the world trade center in like 2019 and i started working at the front desk i did um the overnight audit which is crazy like working from like 12 in midnight to like eight in the morning and doing all the number punching all the numbers in i was like man i never thought i would be doing any of this but that was like my main job that i was doing before i did wrestling media full-time uh, first off, I admire that you just jumped into wrestling media full time because I kind of followed a similar path where it's like, oh, I got to work various jobs, an actual job because wrestling ain't paying shit. Um, and then, you know, once once that kind of you got nothing else because you get fired or whatever it might be, you just got to kind of follow your passion with stuff so shout out to to you call, i know you call her wifey uh shout out shout out to wifey for pushing you along that path we're more than happy to have you in the wrestling media landscape with your three million different jobs that you do um i don't have any more questions about how your come up because one you just told us everything and two i feel like i talk to you every single day about this stuff so you what are you, you're at wrestle talk now you're still yeah. doing you're doing news work for Wrestle Talk. Uh, you, you've got 300 shows on Fightful Overbooked. You do more than I do. Uh, you have the the True Heel Heat uh, podcast. You you have Believe with with Riccicino. You're doing that with him. Uh, you're just doing everything out there. S3. Is there anything that you don't do that you're like, oh, I wish I could do more of this? Like my thing before was I wanted to do something where I talked about sports. Like I think I put out a tweet like last year around the time where, you know, I just had like True Hill Heat. I had like Wrestling Daily and I, I had like Sportskeeda. And I was like, okay, like I this is cool to talk about all this wrestling, but I feel like I talk enough about wrestling. I'm doing enough in wrestling. And then I winded up getting more shows about wrestling. Kind of crazy how that worked. So I was like, hey, I want to 
do a show talking about sports because I'm very much into basketball and NBA. And then Jeremy hits me up and he's like, hey, you want to do this morning show where we talk about anything but wrestling? And then I was like, oh, you you check that check that off the box. And then, you know, you kind of you kind of helped me a lot with that and, you know, bringing me on to distraction and connecting with Joe and how you guys like seamlessly was talking about like sports and wrestling. And I was like, cool. And then you introduced me to to Jensen and we did that Mighty Ducks podcast. Like that Mighty Ducks podcast is like the origin of me being like, hey, I can use all this wrestling podcast stuff to talk about all the other stuff I really want to talk about. So <laughs> I could do that to talk about, you know, basketball and all the other sports, get more back into like football and baseball, the stuff I used to like when I was like a little bit younger. But I can also talk about Mighty Ducks. And I can then when we discovered we were both Degrassi fans, that was just like the ultimate pop for me because he like working with Jensen on Degrassi dudes and how we just started on Twitch with like one or two viewers and then that grew to like six, seven, eight, nine, ten viewers on Twitch. And then Joel's like, hey, you guys want to come on Fightful Overbooked? And now we got hundreds of views every single week for us just talking about Degrassi and like the most like out of like we just talk about it in a weird way like we pick a subject and we just go in about it and then we wind up down a rabbit hole talking about my brother and me and the secret world of alex mack and carissa explains it all and all these nickelodeon shows and it's just like hey we can also do a show talking about all the 90s nostalgia that we all talked about so yeah i think that i kind of have checked off all the places that i want to do and how i want to like connect with everybody but really like my wrestling media has just been the people that I've been able to meet. Like you two guys have really helped me with like the other stuff that I wanted to talk about. And then Alex McCarthy, although you want me to punch him in the head, he's someone that, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I was just like, Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just gonna, before I even connected with Russell talk, before I connected with sports Kita, I think I got fired in March and I was in a real dark place. I'll be honest. Like, you know, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. You and me, we talk about that all the time. So losing Kobe Bryant was like really heartbreaking for me. And then like a month later, my dad actually passed away. So it was like two of the most like important male figures that I lost in like um in a matter of a month. And then in that same time frame, I had two kids, I had twins. And like we were kind of like separated because of the pandemic. Like I was staying at my house. They were at there at my my girl's place and I wasn't able to be with them. So I was kind of like just mentally not there. So I was like, hey, I need something to distract me. And once again, wifey was just like, hey, why don't you try like you did like interviews before why don't you try like contacting the wrestlers because the wrestlers ain't doing nothing because this pandemic they're not wrestling so contacting people like you know royce isaacs and i interviewed him on my channel um aj kirch interviewed him on the true hill heat channel and then i was like hey why don't i go outside and interview people from like sports media and wrestling media and i contacted alex mccarthy and that was like he was like my spiritual like wrestling brother like i was a big rock fan when i was young he was a big rock fan when he was young he's a big laker fan i'm a big laker fan and we in that interview like really connected and then when you know just six months later wrestle talk contacts him and it's like hey we want you to do wrestling daily and he's like hey great and they're like telling him hey we want you to do it with louis dangor he was like wait hold up one second how about I bring in my own people too? Because I don't want to deal with Louie all the time. That's a shoot. That's a shoot. Um, but <laughs> you should want to deal with Louie, Louie all the time. Louie sucks. He's so, awful. 
No, but the real point with uh, Alex is he wanted some to see some representation because he felt like, you know, the UK media scene, you know, the YouTube channels, they're great, but they don't have a lot of like representation of African-Americans or representation of females. So he was like, hey, I want to bring in Stephanie Chase. She's doing great stuff at Digital Spy. And she was he was like, hey, SP3, what are you doing? Do you want to be a part of this? And I was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm like the most unqualified person for this. And I don't know if you want me to be, he was like, no, you're, you're a lot of fun. You always have good banter with me. And I think it would be fun if you're a part of this. And the people from Wrestle Talk was like, hey, we loved SB3 when we had him on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Yeah, bring him aboard. And I just felt like very welcome into that, like whole like UK wrestling media, like from Alex, from Luke, the guys at Wrestle Talk, like bringing me in. And then, like you said, like now I kind of am like a full-time presenter for Wrestle Talk doing their NXT review on Wrestle Talk podcast. I was able to visit the studio while I'm out here in the UK and kind of felt that love in person. Like they all came in a line and was like hugging me. I'm like, I- I'm like bringing in for the real thing. I was like, this is really cool. And I feel like very welcome. I feel like I'm really a part of the, the team and I'm doing the news writing full time four days a week so it's like really my full time income and i'm basically making the same amount of money that i was when i was working in the hotels and it's very it's like a mind blown for me like the last couple of months and now everything during this whole like the pandemic happened and it it was like taking three steps back to kind of catapult myself into something that i always wanted to do and that's working in like wrestling and wrestling media I love Alex McCarthy. Please don't tell him that. You should still punch him in the face, please. Uh, but I, I know Alex. I I think I I knew of you from Alex essentially because I, I I saw you guys on Wrestling Daily. Um, and then yeah, you, you became. We started probably talking about basketball on Twitter, um, and that's how kind of everything started there. Alex is great. I absolutely adore him. Nobody tell him that. Nobody spoil that for for Alex. That's my my shoot enemy, right there. Uh, I'm look honestly. I'm just. I can see you're getting emotional, and like I'm just so happy that you're like you're succeeding in all of this because you know, we've been we've been friends for a bit. You're, you're one of the people I've always loved, respected, admired. Just like your work ethic and your hustle. I I think that is something that people don't uh have enough of in in wrestling some people do but some people there are opportunities out there and they don't always like go and just try to like grab them and maybe sometimes they can't and stuff but anybody who does i always love and appreciate that and i admire that because there are the opportunities there if you you just have to really want them and really just kick down some doors i mean denise Salcedo talks about it all the time is like you know no one's gonna just sit there and like come to you for a lot of this stuff uh, you've got to reach out to people and you've got to kind of make your own breaks with a lot of this stuff. Uh, and, and you're somebody who's done that. And that's one thing I've always admired and respected about you. That's what I, re- I really appreciate that. Like I said, like meeting you, meeting Jensen, uh, like everybody from FIFO, it's just been like, you guys have just welcomed me in and I'm just like, hey, like two, three years ago, I was just a fan watching you guys. So I admire you guys like and your hard work because, you know, 
everyone in this wrestling media game get a bad rap and there's always people criticizing you on your opinion what you got to say so i know what you guys go through so i admire each and every one of you and the hard work because people don't realize how hard you guys work to just make a dime and make a living out of this and it's just a very hard business to get into but it's really it doesn't even feel like oh we're just like workmates or we just like people that just do a podcast together we are like really friends and like a brotherhood in this whole wrestling media game so that's why i love it like assuming they can make it steven jensen and sv3 will be at my wedding they'll get invites anyway whether or not they can make it i don't know but my my wedding is legit just all wrestling media folks i I said i'm gonna schedule it the same weekend as all out and force everybody to choose be like you guys coming to all out or are you going to to my wedding what what are we doing here um, I'm actually not going to do that because I feel like people will just choose all out and just I'll be I have no friends at my wedding. Just be <laughs> especially yeah, just all the entire guest list is wrestling media. The, oh, it is. So it, it's a hundred percent the entire guest list. But uh, yeah, man, I uh, <clears throat> that that Mighty Ducks podcast you were just talking about was one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done, and that was when me and you got to become friends. Um, you know, Joseph was a part of that as well. Like that that was a lot of fun that that show and then that branched out to a lot that was like just realizing i told you before but it's like realizing you have like a brother on like the other side of the country that like is into all the same stuff you are right around the same age you know and it's like now we have like we have like 30 years worth of stuff that we are into that we can like talk about that like we haven't really talked about with a lot of people which i think is it is really cool that we can do that kind of stuff um, I had one question for you about True Heel Heat. What, how did you meet Romeo? Because that's a guy that I've gotten to, you know, do a bunch of stuff with, whether it be watch alongs or just, you know, talking about MMA and stuff. Um, he's a guy that I really like. And I uh, I think that y'all are a good team and everything with what with, with y'all do. So how did you how did you know him? Well, I actually met Romeo from like a Facebook wrestling group. Uh, We were like in the same group and it was a lot of like, if I have like a good banter and I can go back and forth with you, I kind of always am like, I'm intrigued by that person and I like want to get to know them more. So with Romeo, it was like, I was a big Roman Reigns fan and Romeo hated Roman Reigns. So we used to just go back and forth on that. And one day, like after an ROH event, I actually seen him in a bar and I'm like, hey, you're the guy from from the Facebook group that I'm always arguing with. And he's like, hey, and we kind of like connected. He had a night out with like me and the True Hills like group. And like we started getting closer. We got in like group chats together. So then when True Hill Heat was kind of adapting into like getting on a YouTube channel, we were on YouTube for like a year. I was like, hey, we need something more to kind of get it going to really feel like a YouTube channel. Because what we would do is do like the live stream for the podcast on like Facebook and then we would just uh, take the tape version of that and put it up on YouTube. So that was only like, you know, every other week or once a month we would do that. So it wasn't really feeling like a YouTube channel. It's just like a podcast that you just put on YouTube. So to make it a real YouTube channel, I was like, hey, we got to get different shows. We got to have like a review of Raw, a review of SmackDown, a review of AEW Dynamite. So I like one of the people that I first asked was Romeo. I was like, hey, you know, 
what would you mind like doing like your because he was always into like the news reporting he feels like he's a reporter but he comes off more like well, will ferrell as anchorman and <laughs> we, know, we know we know he's longtime friends with the number one news reporter on youtube we're not we won't name him because that will get us a whole bunch of heat here on, on fightful but i i i there there is the link there that i know about so. exactly exactly so i was like hey you want to do like your own reporting show like the romeo report and he just started doing that for a while but then like as the the youtube channel was growing like when we started doing that that's when our youtube channel like we went from like 200 subscribers to like 500 subscribers and we felt like oh we getting some momentum here so romeo was like hey i want to do more how about i do like a raw review with one of the guys and i'm like hey sure go for it and then he was like hey how about i do like more of like editing and producing and stuff and like he's really become like the right hand man and the whole reason why our youtube channel kind of went from just 200 300 subscribers to like 2300 that it is right now it was really like romeo kind of being that person next to me to kind of keep it going and like be an executive producer and kind of take the hands and the reins of everything and really like push it forward so i owe a lot to romeo he's like my longtime rival and only my short-term friend but <laughs> but he's really like he's a brother to me and that's why i always call him he's really the face and the ace of the youtube channel because like you say jensen i got more shows than you on fightful overbook romeo's got more shows than me on true hill heat so i think it's even out <laughs> this is this is also this is going to be the origin story of jensen and robert r they're they're enemies right now they're yelling at each other and they're become best friends they're gonna have their own podcast and everything it's gonna be great romeo i've only i think i've only done like one or two shows with romeo but he was so fun and he's so fun on twitter as well uh i tried to get him to do a bit for for the distraction christmas show unfortunately we couldn't make it work uh and he's, he's always inviting me on stuff and i'm just I'm busy and i apologize for that romeo uh but yeah Rome, romeo was great i apologize that i thought it was jj in the chat and not you as well i do feel bad about that um okay, i I was gonna say you never you never know. There there have been plenty of people that I started off rivals with, like that, like we really didn't like each other. And then you realize you have more in common with that person than like anyone else. And you're just like, why aren't we friends again? Like, like this is so stupid that we're like fighting each other over stuff when we should be allies, you know what I mean? Like, and that sounds like that's what happened with you and you and Romeo a little bit, which I think is cool yeah definitely is that and a lot of the people on the youtube channels like people that i used to like bicker with on social media another one is like josh she used to be like just i used to have the whole hatred of cody rhodes from him flipping me off and josh used to always be a big cody rhodes fan and be like oh cody's cody's great cody's this and that i was like no he didn't give me a too sweet screw him i'm gonna boo him everywhere i go and that's how we kind of connected and be friends so i yeah i love when it's something someone that you've kind of bickered with or bantered with and then it develops into a friendship i think those are like kind of some of my best friendships honestly as we're there i know you're not at your actual place but i'm still gonna ask this because i think you might be able to just pull something dumb out what is the coolest thing you have in your room the coolest thing i have in my room well i have a big uh mickey mouse doll uh but th that's not really mine there's also this <laughs> This is from my daughter. My yeah, Peppa Pig. Yes, yes. yes. This, this, if you want to talk about a true heel, Peppa Pig is a true oh, heel. What oh a my dick God. Peppa Pig is. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
dude oh, dude yeah. watching watching <laughs> this with my with my daughter and my son i was like this girl i was like i'm talking to my wife my wifey i'm like this girl is a jerk like she calls her dad a fat she like she totally like um one time she's like telling telling her friend oh you know i don't know how to whistle and she was like her friend's like oh um how do you whistle she was like you just they say you're just supposed to put your lips together and blow but i can't do it and then her friend does it and she hangs up on her friend i'm like this girl is a total heal i don't know if she i love is. her or hate her no she's the worst <laughs> that, that's she's the only thing i've worst. that's the only thing i've ever seen a pepper pig was that was that and i've seen that clip like one viral or something where yeah, i know exactly what you're talking about she's just like just like he just like hangs up yeah i don't know anything else about it but that, that's kind of oh, funny so i didn't no. realize that show was like what that was it was like Pe that yeah pepper pig <laughs> sucks all right absolutely sucks the, the 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 kids like to, to watch the Peppa Pig as well. And like, you think it's like this cute little show. It's like, oh, cool. And then you like, you actually watch it and you're like, one, they don't have logical conclusions to their episodes. Mm. They just like end. It's like, what, huh? What What is this SNL skit just ending out of nowhere? It just ends. And then yeah, Peppa Pig sucks, dude. Burying Peppa Pig on this show. I like that you went just a kid's toy though. Pops me tremendously. <laughs> that, that, that's something we ask every every episode, by the way, SP3, is we always ask for the coolest thing in the room. So like you just happen to get on the show at a time when like didn't have a whole bunch of cool stuff around. Yeah, Mo, well, Moe's was in his car. I didn't know what he was going to yeah. pull out. So whatever room you're in, you got to just come up with it right then on the spot. So that's because exactly. a pro. Right on the spotlight. Right on the spotlight. Yeah. Me and Peppa out here in the streets. This the <laughs> toughest, toughest pig in the streets, man. That's all I know. Um, Peppa Pig could probably fight, man. As, as much of a bully as that, that pig is, like, yeah, Peppa Pig could probably throw hands. Or throw. <laughs> what do pigs have? Hooves? Pigs have, I guess Peppa Pig is a yeah. hand, but like actual pigs, what do they have? Yeah, I think they're like little dude. Now we sound real dumb, but I think they're I think there are kind of like little hooves, I think. <laughs> More or less hooves. I I don't know. This is this this conversation has gotten way past us somehow. Um, the, 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 the non-father in Steven Jensen is very confused by the Peppa Pig talk here. The, the non-father the, the non surrounded by children's toys yes. like in my office. Yeah. Um, I was showing yeah. off my uh, my Cody Rhodes uh, Chase variant. So this is the original. Uh, this is the regular version, but I just got this yesterday. This is the, the Chase, the harder one to find. So very, uh, very, very happy about, about that, uh, that find. Anyways, um, well, see, that's the thing about doing this with SG3, like Jeremy's saying. We talk so much that it's weird. It's almost weird, like, interviewing you because I know we're just going to be talking about something else, like, later tonight or tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, like, um, but, yeah, I don't know if I have too many more questions about, like, your your rise other than, like, if you want to plug, like, all the stuff you do because I know you got a ton of stuff going on. But I, it looks like you were going to say something. You go, go ahead. No, but I was I was gonna say I had to say yes. I would have told anyone else no because it is like midnight. You know, like I I got confused at first when when Stephen asked me. Like I'm thinking in UK time now. So when he told me seven p.m., I'm like, oh, seven p.m. UK. I can just do it right after I do the AEW review. But no, he meant seven p.m. Eastern. So that's midnight. Anybody else, I would have been like, you know, on second thought, I'll, I'll wait. But I've been waiting for you guys to invite me on the spotlight, and especially because. 
because I haven't got my weekly dose of Jensen on Degrassi dudes last week with his shoot job. I was like, nah, I got to take advantage of this. I got to come on and join you guys because uh, you guys have been doing great work with this show. I think this show is a great idea. I love how you guys have put a spotlight on different pro wrestlers, different content creators. So it's really an honor to be on here and kind of tell my story and tell different stuff. Like Jensen didn't know I worked in a hotel. You guys, I know I've told Jensen before or Jeremy, but I used to be a door-to-door fundraiser. Uh, so it's different stuff like that. I, I I don't have the opportunity to talk about like my journey to getting in the business. I kind of just talk about wrestling or talk about Degrassi or talk about basketball. So I'm not able to kind of tell my story. So I was very happy to come on here and kind of tell different stuff that not a lot of people have probably heard about me. Well, we, we appreciate you coming on, man. You legitimately are one of my best friends, especially like in the space, but especially for someone I've never like actually hung around in person. Like it's, you know, me, you, Jeremy, like I feel like I've known y'all forever. And like, I, uh, and we really appreciate it because it was really last notice when we, last, you know, late notice when we, re- when we reached out and uh, you're helping us out too, by being a part of the show today. So like, we, you know, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate you, man. And like, you're a great dude. You do great work. And I'm always, I always look forward to, to podcasting with you, like whether it's about wrestling or about Degrassi or just our fandom for my brother and me and, and, and shows from the nineties and stuff like it's, you're good people, man. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to be a friend of yours and I'm glad you could join us today, man. No, nah, it was, like I said, it was an honor to be here because you honestly, two of my best friends out there, like, you know, I see Romeo's in the chat, of course, everybody from True Hill Heat, but I love how I've been able to kind of extend my friendship circle and you guys are definitely a part of it. Like I said, like I told Jeremy before, him and his missus and me and my missus need to go out on like a double date because they're going to be talking about Bret Hart while me and Jeremy are arguing about basketball. It's going to be a great time. And, you know, me and Jensen, and we're gonna go to some wrestling shows. Maybe we will go and meet up with one of the one of the Degrassi actors that we're gonna get on Degrassi dudes. We'll have a drink with, have a pint with him. So someday we'll do. You guys that, are Drake? Yeah. No, well, no. We, we're, well, we're getting someone close to Drake. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. Close, and, and within the, the Degrassi universe, possibly the biggest hit we could get. In all, in all honesty, outside of yes. outside of Drake, because Drake has become obviously who he is now. But like. There's 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 a few people on like a very short list of like tippy top. I mean, we did a literal tier list on on Degrassi dudes. We'll put it this way, without giving it away, this person we're talking about was in the S tier amongst the elite of the elite of Degrassi characters for us. So, um, anyway, yeah. But and also double dates and whatnot. I'll take applications. People in the comments, wrestling fans. If you are a female and a wrestling fan and you want. Me, to get together with me when me and sp3 and jeremy all hang out uh we'll make it happen i'll just show up with some random that i barely know so there you go with, with your wife <laughs> this is the, this sounds like the setup for entourage storyline doesn't it jeremy <laughs> it sounds like something here he's turtle we... he's turtle yeah. <laughs> you know in more ways than one yeah i, I probably yeah I, I could i could slot into that into that role i think <laughs> uh sp3 plug everything you got going on Oh, well, I got True Hill Heat. I'm on there every Thursday, 105 p.m. Eastern Time with Jimmy Macaram reviewing AEW Dynamite. It's called AE Ramble. We have the Jimmy Macaram warning because he is the very honest, biggest critic of Tony Khan. So if AEW does something he doesn't like, he'll 
say some wild stuff. So I have to have a disclaimer for him just so I make sure I can still get AEW interviews in the future. Um, every Saturday, the True Hill Heat flagship podcast with myself, Miss Chrissy Love and Top Guy JJ, where we talk about the weekend wrestling. You got the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, which I'm on there every Monday and Thursday with uh, Rick talking about the latest wrestling news and Tuesdays uh, talking about like Monday Night Raw and the week weekend news and AEW Dynamite as well. You got Wrestle Talk where I'm over there every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time with Sad E Nyangi reviewing NXT 2.0. We like to call it the Mocha 2.0 because we put the Mocha in uh, Wrestle Talk. You got myself over on Sports Keto Wrestling where I get to work with Dutch Mantel which one of the craziest things that I've ever done in, in wrestling, working with Zeb Coulter. And he, he's called me a wrestling historian, which I wait, I wear like a badge of honor. And we review SmackDown and AEW Rampage every week over there. And then you got Fightful Overbooked, where I'm on there with True Rewind, with Romeo and Drunk Guy JJ, where we review the Monday Night Wars. And then every Friday, the Morning Delight. It's me and Jeremy, FMC, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then that goes in nicely to me and Jensen over on Degrassi Dudes and Nerds of the 90s where we talk about Degrassi and 90s television. I think that's everything. Yeah, as, as, as somebody who is personally known for the long plugs at the end of shows, you just unplugged me. I'm going to throw this real quick out there because this is on the Fightful platform. Um, this Saturday night, Impact Under Siege, myself and Joel Pearl are reviewing the show right after. So that's where you can find me next, uh, right here. Same same place, youtube.com slash Fightful. Jensen, plug everything else. Thank you. No, I'm good. That's all I'm going to go with tonight. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am exhausted tonight, man. So, uh, yeah, so check it out. And we'll, Fightful Select Weekend or Podcast. I will plug that because that is the most direct way to support us at Fightful is to subscribe to Select. I talk about independent wrestling every Sunday over there. So check that out as well. Um, go to Fightful Overbooked. Uh, Day After Dynamite with Will Washington. That's a, that's a weekly show. Uh, is up right now. Um, you can also pillar to post. We did that yesterday. That's coming back either weekly, bi-weekly, but Grapsody and Kate were, were the guests this past week. A lot of fun doing that show. Yeah, I'll actually be doing another show. Two streams from me on Overbooked, which is like a, a treat for everybody with the way I've been going lately. Uh, FMC tomorrow with SB3. We have playoff basketball to talk about entourage uh challenge challenge draft tomorrow i believe our our pal share delaware will be joining us for that uh can't wait tomorrow morning. i'm gonna get I, a coin in the morning so we can flip a coin for who's gonna get the number one pick i also have a challenge myself to throw down to sp3 regarding uh the nba playoffs i and if he does not accept i will call him a coward so everybody can tune in for that as well so yeah, check out Fightful Overbooked. Guys, we appreciate everybody joining us. Appreciate all the love. Jensen, thank you. I know it has uh, been a long day for you. SB3, it has been an extremely long day for you being over in the UK. Uh, everyone, please take care. Go to Fightful.com. Check, check out all that out. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, 
games, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.